Hey everybody, it's Bartangus. Um, yeah, shit, I fucking blew it with keeping this going over the holidays, but oh well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Back with a steady, steadier fucking thing and better sound, hopefully. Um, but yeah, this podcast is with Joel Fragametti, who is a self-proclaimed first comic to do a podcast. Um, he also books shit at Mark Ridley's, the, the club here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting thing. Um, cause I feel like he's kind of a gatekeeper here and yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to realize that I feel like what I do in Detroit and what all my friends who don't get booked at the club, I guess we're the alt scene, which I don't know. That's a weird, whatever, fuck it. I don't know if that's true, but, um, and I'd like to announce that we have our very first sponsor of the something over the hill podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm going to read this ad copy real quick while my cat is fucking with this cord. God damn it. Um, just want to take a quick break from a, for a moment. I need to learn how to read to talk about our sponsor, Jake Marshall head. Jake is changing the way you book 28-year-old creditless cis white male middle acts. I booked Jake for my bar show and it's quick and easy. Jake was really polite on Facebook Messenger, then showed up on time and he had a good set. <laughs> I like how he doesn't even say great set. <laughs> Jake has been doing comedy since 2009 and was named the funniest comic in Daytona in 2011. Use the promo code JMDH and Jake will go all the way to Astoria for a show without drink tickets. So yeah, just take that promo code JMDH. And um, if you yell it really loudly at me next time you see me, um, the end. But yeah, <laughs> there you go, Jake. Uh, but for real, I, I did book him once and it was great. He was my favorite comic of the night. Um so yeah, enjoy the next podcast with Joel Fragment. Right, yeah. I think that's gonna work. Okay. Cool. Well, what? you let me know when we're going or whatever. Yeah, we're going. We're going. This is it. Informal as hell. So what's that's up? okay. <laughs> hey Bart. This is uh something over the hill. This that's the name of my podcast. Over the hill. Something over something the hill. Something over the hill, yeah. Am I over the hill? I don't know. <laughs> Depends who you ask. Uh, no, I don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm in my prime. Yeah. Whatever that is, you're looking at it. You're in my house. Yeah, this is a nice place. You I, like this place? Yeah, I like your bar. That that is that is the girl uh, that lives with me. That's her bar. She rents a room from me. She oh, okay. brought that piece. Uh, everything else is mine. Cool. So if she leaves, the bar leaves. Oh. But that's all right. Um, so yeah, you're, you're Joel Fragamani. I'm Joel Fragamani, comedian. Yeah. Podcaster, which you didn't know about. I know. Dude. How do you not know that? Dude, I, what, what's your format for your podcast? I just talk about whatever I want to talk about. If you want to, have you ever done like a swap cast where you just. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I'm into that. So <laughs> if, if you want these files and you want to release it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'll definitely promote it, you know, but my yeah. show is just, uh, I guess the idea of it was just to do morning radio, you know? I mean, we're talking 2005. That's when, when I started. started yeah. 
And I told you this before we went on. You know, I was the first comic that ever did a podcast. Me and Corey Hall. I know you know Corey a little bit, right? Yeah. Comic, yeah. I think I've met him. And Corey and I started our show. And, uh, you know, just for the... Because we, we tried to do a radio demo, get hired to do radio. We had some trouble with that. We were using, you know, a cassette, like a four-track tape deck. Holy shit. Yeah, that's because like, the podcasting didn't exist when we were originally had the idea for a show <laughs> and you know it wasn't going to be on it was like just a cassette that we mailed to radio stations holy then, shit when podcasting was invented i heard about it and said let's do something like this it'll be good practice so that's what we did and then when podcasting took off we kind of went with it eventually got the radio audition for the big talk station here in town were you on it well we did a weekend as an audition it was 97.1 oh. they had opie and anthony in the morning they had Howard Stern, but then Howard Stern left for Satellite. So right. Opie and Anthony were their morning show. We did like a weekend 1 to 3 a.m. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that was the audition because we figured, who, you know, they were like, who's listening? Who cares? But we had two hours live on a Saturday and a Sunday night, I remember. And uh, it went really well. The program director, you know, we spent a year trying to get hired. Yeah. Like literally like sending tapes and he'd say, I want to see more in this audition. We'd cut another tape for him, you know, well, CDs, whatever, you know. And we kept doing this thing. Meanwhile, we're doing the podcast, but the the, the demos would be clean. You know, they'd be radio friendly. Did, did you guys have the like DJ voice? A little, well, yeah, hey. hey, not really. I mean, we were trying to do talk, <laughs> which, you know, we we're trying to do what Howard did or Opie and Anthony. That mm -hmm. was the idea. And then... Um, the guy liked our weekend. He said, you guys did really good. And he goes, when we start the next quarter, we're going to have a budget for you. We can start paying you. We'll figure out time to put you on. We said, great. You know, we had passed the audition. We had a verbal commitment. Before the next quarter came, the station went all sports. And they fired the program director, who yeah. we spent a year <laughs> trying to get a job oh, with. And, uh, you know, then they went all sports. So then it was, you know, the guy that we hired to be our agent talked to the new program director. He said, do a sports demo. We did a sports demo. He didn't like our sports demo. Do you like sports? Uh, not enough to talk about it <laughs> yeah. for a living. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was pretty much the death of uh, the radio. At that point, I mean, actually, I'm on the radio now, but in a whole different way but yeah i mean so that was sort of our stab at doing mainstream radio and that's how we got a podcast so we started a podcast yeah, yeah. So this is 2005 we first went on podcasting i believe started in the fall of 2004 we started in march of 05 yeah so yeah we were real early so that's awesome mm -hmm. so, so joelradio.net if you want to hear that yeah you can go back to the whole archive of shows sweet going all the way back to 2005 Jesus. If you want to hear those if you want to hear what that we did not know what we were doing then <laughs> and depending upon who you talk to now we still don't but uh, anyway uh, i feel like everyone's just faking it till they make it you know i guess and i mean i still kind of just i think it's great that people can can do a show like this yeah it's like punk rock man it's like people it making records in their house <laughs> pretty you know DIY. bands and yeah. stuff yeah do it yourself i think it's great yeah I, and I, for I, comics and stuff you know have some personality and you can show it on a podcast. I think that's a good thing, you know, career-wise, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I enjoy it because I get to, like, have conversations with, you know, yeah, people man. like you that I would never... Well, I don't, we've I mean, talked not, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> a little we, bit. We've talked, but I'm you in didn't your know, house you right didn't, now. You're, like, you're learning things already, two minutes in. Yeah. How about me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't know. All right. So, uh, how long have you been doing comedy? Comedy started in 1999. That's nuts. Yeah, I know. Are you sick of it yet? Oh, I, be, I, I was sick of it in 2002, but no, um, <laughs> it's different now. It's way different. 
you know, it's it's a lot of podcasting. It's the internet. Yeah. It changed everything. Yeah. You know, you didn't know how you know how I figured out where to do comedy for the first time? I read an article in the Detroit News about an open mic. Damn. And I showed up the next week to watch it. So so have you been in Detroit your whole comedy career? Uh, for the comedy career, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was on the road in that, but I've never lived anywhere else doing comedy. Right. You know, this has always been my base. And, you know, I think it's a good place to do comedy. Uh, lots of places to practice. In the past, there was way more places to actually work and make money at it. Yeah. You know, that's changed like a lot. Clubs? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know, like, before I got here, there was... Joey's, yeah, Joey's in Livonia. Yeah, when I started, there was another Joey's in Dearborn. Okay, which they were not affiliated. They were at one point, but at that point, they weren't. Just two people named Joey. A guy named Joey sort of was booking two clubs. Okay, owned by different people. Oh, and I think both clubs independently and probably not at the same time fired Joey. <laughs> and, but they kept the name. Yeah, and then Joey Joey's uh, Dearborn was being booked by a guy named Bill Hildebrand, who's a really funny comic, who's still around. My mentor in comedy, I always give him credit. Bill you know? Hildebrand. Bill Hildebrand, he's still around. Great guy, funny guy. Cool. Do, does he book shows? Does he still do? Not shows? anymore. You know, he had. He, he'll tell you this himself. He had juice when he was booking a room. He had you juice. Know, he had juice. Juice. No, <laughs> he had juice in the business. Meaning he was somebody when he oh. was booking a room, and then when that place closed you He's know nobody fuck yeah Damn. think about that when you lose that prank show it's all over i know dude <laughs> it's my claim to fame <laughs> i like your show by the way thank you yeah uh, i do i like it too i told you i think i told you last time i saw at comedy castle i said i like your show not enough to have my students go yeah. do it but i do like it <laughs> dude i i don't know man i like new people that show up there mm -hmm. that are like they're like oh i've only been doing it for six months it's yeah. like all right well you're gonna get destroyed tonight just yeah so, just so you know absolutely but, like keep coming back well that's part of doing it yeah is getting destroyed and if you can survive that you know you might have you know you gotta you gotta be tough because you know people think that you're gonna do this is what people think comedy is gonna be i'm gonna do the open mics i'm gonna get good i'm gonna go on the road and because i'm good all of the shows will go well and that is a big time fallacy when you go on the road the shows will probably you will probably do worse because you're playing venues that you did not practice in yeah you know you're playing in small towns and bars and things where the audiences aren't as sophisticated you have not worked in those rooms. They are not, they don't, you know, especially me, you know, doing my comedy in Detroit and having an act that's pretty original, mm -hmm. uh, and in my opinion, you know, especially when you go to towns where they expect to see Larry the Cable Guy. Right. And you go to some town and you're doing all this, you know, in my case, you know, self-deprecating humor about sex and, you know, well-written setups and punchlines and they just don't know what to <laughs> they don't yeah. know how to take that and so you know even though you're killing at comedy castle or joey's or these places which i was you hit the road and it's like fuck man this these rooms suck yeah it's tough out here and then you, you figure out why guys are hacks yeah and they're hacks because you have to go into a small room in a small town and make those people laugh and, you know, your stuff that's sophisticated and makes you stand out in a big city where there's lots of comics, makes you they do not get that. They want to hear how dogs and cats are different and how, you know, <laughs> you, you, your mama used to beat your ass and yeah. you know, a cop pulled me over on the way to the show. I don't uh, do any of that stuff. So. I don't, like, 
I mean, I try and do all the different types of shows that mm-hmm. I can, like especially those weirdo shows that are out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, th- again, I think they're a little different now because of the internet. But the True. ones that pay oh. money are, are still, you know, people are expecting more, I think, in a way. I think that's part of what, you know, what makes a comedy show, too, is what, do, what does the audience expect out of it? Right. You know, your show, people expect it to be weird. And it's always weird. Yeah. <laughs> is it always funny? Not necessarily. No. But it's always weird. And that's what people expect out of it. So it's like completely successful in that way. Yeah. Thank you know? You. And, and, you know, people don't pay money. When people pay money, then they're like, oh, man, I expect to see something, you know, something great. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, my show's like just a glorified open mic. You right. Know? But, you know, the thing about open mic, so many people don't get this about open mic, is, you know, some people go... And they want to see the bad acts. It's not all they want to see, but that is part of the appeal of open mic. Damn. Uh, is seeing people that aren't good. And when people book their open mics and they go, oh man, I, I'm going to pick this lineup and here's the 10 best guys that called me this week or uh, left a comment on MCN. And they book uh, those shows and those shows sometimes don't last because you don't have that element that people enjoy about an open mic which is people bombing. And it's also very hard to look good when everyone's good. You know, it's hard to stand out from the pack if everybody's competent. And, you know, 13 guys, you're the 12th guy, and if everyone got laughs in front of you, you know, uh, what's left for you to do, you know? I I never really thought about it It's a different philosophy, yeah. Like, I never had any interest in going to open mics until I wanted to, or thought about doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first time that I went, I was like, oh, that guy sucked. I could, <laughs> I could do that. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. When I, I had never been to a comedy club when I read that uh, newspaper article yeah. about the open mic. It was a place called Club Bart, which is right up here around the corner from where we are in Ferndale. And I went and I walked in and I, I had written some stuff, but I knew I wasn't going to perform. I was just going to watch. Right. And I had that same feeling. I was like, there was two or three guys on this show that were good, but I'll be better than the rest of those guys. Yeah, and eventually I was. I wasn't yeah, the first time, but eventually oh I got God. to where I needed to be. You know, I like I like just listened to like twenty seconds of my first <laughs> one or one or two sets, yeah. and I was like, oh my God. Oh, and but it, I don't. I think going back and listening to that, it makes me like more. Like for the people that do show up to my shows and mm-hmm. suck. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I feel you. Like, keep doing it, man. I, Just you know, keep fucking grinding. My my thing, and again, everybody's career is different. Everybody's path is different. My feeling is, if you want to make it, and and looking at people that I've seen after almost 20 years of doing this, you know, if you're real good when you start, I don't know that you're going to make it. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you have this expect. Kind of like what I talk about, the expectations of how you're going to do. If you go up and kill the first time you go out there. Your second and third time, you're probably not going to kill. Or your third and your fourth. You know what I mean? So sometimes you do great, and then it only gets harder from there. I mean, it, it definitely gets harder, but as your skill level goes up, you expect your success to go up. And there's so many factors that aren't in your control. I've seen guys who've had amazing first sets. And, you know, you see them a second time, and they expect to do that good. Right. And then invite all their buddies out and. It's not, it's not good. Dude, it blows my And then my they mind. get discouraged and then they quit, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the thing about comedy. No one ever, you know, you can't get fired from comedy. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. the, the only reason anyone ever leaves comedy is that their is at their own will by their own decision. Yeah. You know. Well, it, it's it's a. I feel like it's super humbling because mm -hmm. I mean, my biggest career, you know, thing was like getting to do five minutes in front of Stanhope. Okay. And yeah. then the next day. I did an open mic to two <laughs> comics right, yeah. and it was just like, Oh my yeah. God, like just squashed right. me back into like, yeah, oh, I'm still nothing. It's, you know, that's <laughs> the, that's the thing. That's another cruel thing about comedy is, you know, you have to get good to get the good gigs. Yeah. And then you get the good gigs and, uh, they're super easy. You know, the good gig, Saturday Night at Comedy Castle, you could throw, and, and this is a secret, this is my, I'm not speaking for Mr. Ridley himself, <laughs> any idiot can do well at 7 o'clock to a sold out Comedy Castle. Yeah. Anyone can get laughs. Those people are there to laugh. They paid at least $18 a head. They've been drinking at dinner. They've been drinking for an hour before the show. They are ready to laugh. It is the easiest show you ever do. Uh, it is shooting fish in a barrel. But in order to get to that stage... You have to wade through knee-high shit for years Dude, <laughs> to yeah. get there. And then you get there, and it's the easiest thing you will ever do. And that's the cruelty <laughs> of it. That's the cruelty of it. You're good, and you're on a show where no one gives a fuck. And if you don't quit, and if you stick with it, you will eventually get the chance to do those good clubs. But it is only, you know, do, being good in bad places is what gets you to those good places. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's funny, like you know just how many shows you know people at my level and myself do that you know somebody goes up to the mic and they're like all right we're starting in 10 minutes we're gonna have a comedy show yeah. and then the table they're like the fuck yeah god damn it and then yeah. you know well that's the problem about shows is that people don't if you're doing comedy where people don't expect to see comedy it's never good no you know that's why comedy castle is great everyone's there to see it. your show even though they haven't paid, they're all there to see it. Right. Well, you, know, but you don't it's, it's wander in into room. your room. Yeah. yeah, but no one wanders in there. Dude, actually, last night, two two women like oh, yeah. saw my A-frame sign out oh, front yeah? and wandered in. <laughs> and like like to the, at, towards the end of the show, like brought the energy back to oh, the okay. room. It was fucking good. That's great. But yeah, a lot of times people like stick their head in and be like, yeah. what the fuck is this? And then, you know, yeah. bail. <laughs> well, you know, the, the show that I really... It's the, it's actually the show that I talked about that was in the newspaper, Club Bart in Ferndale. Mm -hmm. I ended up running that show, and, and I'm known for that. I ran that show for 10 years. Damn. So after about, I don't know, a year and a half, two years of doing it, I was actually the host and, and running the thing. And, you know, it's on Woodward Avenue, so people are walking, you know, middle bar, middle yeah. of the bar, so people are just walking by. And the whole, you know, the whole front is glass. So you could see the show. Damn. You couldn't always hear it. You know, in the summer, the door would be open, but otherwise you would, you know, people would poke their head in and that's what we'd get a lot of foot traffic. People would pop their head in yeah. and watch it for five minutes and go. People still tell me to this day, you know, oh, I saw you at Club Bar. We were walking by one night. We walked in there and saw you and it was pretty fun. Dude, that's right. Yeah. So that, th those kind of shows are great if you can get them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like yeah. my, like why I settled on doing a show in Corktown. It's yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, Woodward, but no. there's still a little bit of foot traffic. Yeah. It's a good place. It's a good yeah. place for a show. You know, people that hang out in Corktown have a certain sensibility, I think. Yeah. And that's uh, and those people are probably a good comedy audience, I think. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty uh giving except mm -hmm. for you know, when somebody makes a bad racial joke or <laughs> sexist joke. <laughs> what would open mic be without bad racial and yeah, sexist humor? Right. Yeah. Where would we be? You yeah. Know? It, it's funny what there's there's only been one dude who uh 
like walked a few people oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, okay actually there's been two okay. but but one dude you know like i'm friendly with him and i like him mm-hmm. and i was like you know you should take a little break from my room <laughs> but he came back last okay last night yeah and he did fine and okay I was like, well you know my, my policy and maybe you have the same we've never really talked about this but i think the thing is is a good open mic like i said you know you don't book it out you let everyone get on yeah and like see i that's my thing though i'm not like if I let everybody on, yeah. it would be a marathon show. Okay, no, but, I get that. But but I do like like uh, sorry, man, I don't have room yeah. this week. But sure, I'll put yeah, you yeah. up next week for right. sure. Right. My my thing was show up and go up. Show started at ten thirty. Everyone that was in the house at ten got on. Yeah. So if that was twenty guys, we'd put twenty guys on. Yeah. You know, if it was ten guys, it'd be ten guys. We did it with as few as probably four guys when people weren't coming out. Uh, you know, if you were there late. And I didn't know you, then you'd get the, hey, come back next week. Yeah. But, you know, if you were working at a club or I knew you and you oh, showed yeah. up late, then I'd bump somebody and put you on. And, and, you know, that is the skill of the host at an open mic is yeah. controlling the list, making the list good. Uh, it, it's making for a fun show. It's trying, you to, know? trying to make that shit sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I always, I always, you know, I would open with the strong guy, yeah. a fairly strong guy, be the first guy after me. Okay. And then uh, I try to peak the show in the middle. You know, my best guys were in the middle of the show because I figured, hey, people are going to leave, want to leave the show anyway. Around midnight, people are going to be going, I got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. So why put my best guys at 1231 o'clock? Put them in the middle where they're going to, people are going to enjoy it. And if people are going to walk out on a guy, let's have them walk the audience when they'd be leaving anyway. So the new guys, if I didn't know you went towards the end of the show. If you brought a shit ton of people to see you and you were new, oh, you went way at the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. You're going to sit through this whole fucking thing if you came to see your buddy who thinks he's funny. Dude. You're going to sit there and buy drinks for two, three hours. And that's what the bar owners love yeah. is when you can keep that audience there. And there's a skill to running your open mic that way. And so many guys do not do that at all. Yeah. They just don't. You know, They just go, oh, man, I'm going to save it because I got this killer at the end. And nah, that's not that you know it's a different thing yeah the, you know if the, you if you book it you know what because i run county castles open mic now but that's different because people do have to call in yeah you know we got 50 60 people calling a week and i gotta pick 13 god damn and i know the audience is gonna stay for the whole thing for the most part right. so i can put the good guys at the end when they're a little more warmed up so i have a different philosophy to that show yeah but i think for something that you do yeah i think that's a good strategy to with, have with mine i kind of do like a couple new dudes at the front um and then like somebody that can that usually does well yeah it, it's just kind of like alternating like i know you can do well yeah. for the most part yeah. and then it's also like like i don't give everybody the same amount of time okay like, yeah if, if i don't know you sure three minutes and but if you're doing well yeah. i'll let you go yeah but there have been a few comics who have like really started like control that room mm-hmm. and i'll just let them go for like 10 15 yeah. minutes yeah and it's like it's so rad to see mm-hmm. somebody like take control of that yeah. and kill. And I, I think that's fair. And I think as the host, you should be able yeah. to do that. Yeah. And if people complain, fuck them. Hey, oh, yeah. that's that's the deal. Yeah. Get good. Do, you know? do good. You, you want to do more, more than five? Yeah. We'll give you 10. If you got 10, that's good. Yeah. But if you're going to suck, you know, three minutes. <laughs> Come back next week. Do another three minutes. Yeah. I'll give you six minutes. It's divided into two weeks. <laughs> you want 10 minutes we'll do it over three weeks yeah. yeah i mean i think that's fair i think i think there is a natural selection kind of thing that happens yeah. people that do it and do it when it's tough get good 
And then, you know, then you start using them at a better spot in the lineup. And you, you know, it just goes that way. I mean, I can give you examples of guys that, you know, would do my open mic and they'd be on at one in the morning with a few people there. And then one night I something would click. I'd listen to him and go, oh, that guy's really good. Yeah. I'll put you at the... I remember a guy, Jeff Sheen, I always give this example. And Jeff probably doesn't even remember this. But, you know, Jeff's headlines now. He's out of New York now. He's from here. Okay, yeah. Went to Chicago I, for a long time, but he's from here originally. And... uh I remember having Jeff on one night, you know, very few people, 1 a.m. And he, he did really, it was really funny to me. And he'd probably been doing it three, four months. Damn. I go, Jeff, next week, you're going to be the first guy. Hell yeah. So he went from the last guy to the first guy. Damn. And I go, if the audience likes him as the first guy, then he's on his way. I'll keep using him. And he went on as the first guy the next week and did great. And then I just kept using him in better spots. Yeah. It just, you know, now we got headlines clubs, you know. Uh, he's been on television, and uh, he's 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 a hot young headliner now. And I'm not taking credit for him because you know he's awesome on his own. <laughs> but I saw that he was good, and I was I, I'm fair enough to do that. Yeah. You know, I I try to not play favorites. Yeah. You know, I try to you know do it on merit as much as you can. Uh, but it depends on what is your philosophy on running a show. You know, I just want to make a good show. Exactly. I don't want to like. But he wants it. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants a good show. I mean, for Comedy Castle's open mic, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, the way that that is booked is that Mark Ridley looks as that is that is his time to find new talent. Right. So you know, when Mark knows you and Mark books you, yeah, it makes it a lot harder to get on the open mic. Uh, because okay. you know, he's already seen you. Right. You know, if Mark says to me, "I like this guy," you know, Joel, I like this guy. I'm going to book him. Okay, I'll stop bringing him in. I know that sounds like a dick thing to do. No, but I, it's that's kind of the idea. Yeah. And you know, when I originally started running open mic over there, Mark kind of had to sit me down and tell me that's how he wanted it done. Yeah, because my idea was, oh, let's give him like this killer show, you know. Yeah, and he's kind of no, no, no. Give me new guys. Give me guys I've never seen. Right. And I go, you know, that's interesting. That's a good thing. And then you you realize, you know, from that show is that those are the people that bring the audience. Right. Is the guy going up for his first time, second time. And, you know, oh, yeah, I'm excited to true. play Comedy Castle. I work in an office. I'm going to bring out, you know, 20 people. Dude, That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's what we want. It, it sucks because I don't have that luxury of being from here, so I don't, I don't fucking know anybody here. Except... Oh, to bring to a show? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but I mean... <laughs> Part of that's why shows like that work. You have guys that are mm -hmm. good, like you, and I'm not saying that because you're sitting here. I think you're very good. <laughs> yeah, you've gotten good. I mean, I've seen you oh, get dude. better over time in uh, however you. long I've known you, a couple years. And But, you know, it's you know, you're playing to that guy's friends. Yeah. That guy that thinks he's funny that isn't, you're going to get to play to him. And, you know, if you can make them laugh, that's what we're looking for. Because when you go out and play a show... As a professional, nobody knows who you are. You know, your friends yeah. aren't sitting in there. And oh, even yeah. if they are, if it's like a sold-out Comedy Castle show and there's 400 people and you've only got 20 people, it, it's, it's the same as having no people. It doesn't really swing the audience one way or another yeah. to your side. Yeah. You know? So you, you got to make strangers laugh. That's, that's a tough oh, thing yeah. to do. That's, that's the challenge. Dude, uh, when I was on that, uh, that second round of the tr Detroit mm -hmm. L to LA comp, you know, yeah. I, I emailed Mark and I was like, I was like, hey, like, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you watch my set. Yeah. Like, I'm up. And then, like, I just fucking ate it. And, <laughs> and like, 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 in the way that I was like, okay, I got all this good material and I'm going to, and 
a few things didn't hit and yeah. then I just tried to bulldoze through it yeah. and it just didn't work yeah. and I was so embarrassed right. that I had specifically asked him to <laughs> watch it but but then last time I was there at that mic I felt like I did I had a really well, fun time I mean yeah he, he watches all of them yeah that that's crazy I mean I mean I can't say that he watches every minute of every single guy yeah, yeah. but he watches guys and uh, I will, I don't openly, I'll say this on your show, but you know, I, if you've ever performed at the Comedy Castle and I am in the room, I have given to Mr. Ridley a written evaluation of your performance. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Damn. But that's true. <laughs> what? You don't need to kiss my ass. It doesn't work. But I actually, <laughs> that is the system that we have in place is that. What what do your evaluations? I evaluate people just how they did. You know what was the because if Mark is watching the show on tape, he doesn't hear the audience reaction as much. So that's something I gauge. Mm. I generally look at someone's performance. I look at uh, the. I hear their writing. I see how they are on stage. Right. You know, a common critique would be like, you know, this guy has good jokes, but he needs more experience performing. Yeah. Or I'll say this guy's a great performer, but the jokes aren't up to speed. Uh, you know, if you suck, you know, that'll be your review too. <laughs> that's that's um, a review. This guy sucks. <laughs> nah, I'll just go. You know, this this didn't work. This wasn't funny. Uh, whatever. I mean, it's just you know. But that's true of the headliners, the features, yeah. and you know, the threshold is different. What are you doing? Are you the headliner at the Comedy Castle, or are you guy on the open mic for first time? I mean, the threshold's different. Yeah. yeah. You know, a, a common review for first timer was that was a really good first time. Right. You know. But, but there are people, when I see them, I'll say to Mark Ridley, you should bring this guy in. You know, have this guy guest spot on the weekend. Who, have this guy... Who was the last dude that you, you did that for? Or you know, I, I'll just give you an example of a guy that I did this for. And again, he will give me no credit either. <laughs> but, you know, we had Brad Wenzel. Yeah. And I actually wasn't doing the open mic list at the time. There was a guy named Jerry that was doing it who'd worked there for a long time. Well, not a comic, but a guy that Mark knew and had worked in the showroom. And he, he broke his leg. So I was running the open mic for a few months uh, before I kind of took it over. And uh, Brad Wenzel came in. I just picked his name out of the hat, essentially, you know, yeah. off the list. Didn't know him. And he was so funny. I said to him, you know, I remember, right, Mark, Brad Wenzel, bring him in. Have him guest spot. I think he did Wednesday open mic. He guest spotted on Friday. He did two shows. I believe by Saturday afternoon he was already booked at the club. Jesus. But I mean that's you know and, and look we all know Brad Wenzel now. Yeah. And we all know you know he's headlining. He's on Conan. He's doing all this stuff. But I mean it was you know I I saw something in him. And Mark agreed. He doesn't always agree with my. Yeah. You know, we we have difference of opinions on people. But, you know, that was just an example of a guy. Now, look, that's, I don't do that often. And certainly there's guys I suggest that Mark goes, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like Sam Silverstein's another guy. You oh, know, I yeah. saw Sam Silverstein, his second performance ever was, he was in high school. Dude. And he did a fundraiser for a Jewish charity. And the headliner was like a guy who was like from Israel. He was like a rabbi who had some act. That really wasn't good. But Sam uh -huh. somehow threw his family or something or his, his, his family gave to this charity. Mm -hmm. And part of the deal was like, we'll give Sam a spot. You know, this kid in high school, 17. Damn. And I saw him. And again, it was one of those things where like, all right, the material's not great, but there was something about him. Yeah. And I'm going to keep bringing Sam back. And using him on open mic. And he, was, he wasn't old enough to be in the club. You have to be 18 to be in the club. Right, right. So I put Sam on open mic and I go, okay, you got to leave. You know, and yeah. I kept working him, and Mark Mark Ridley was would fight me a little bit on it. 
oh, I can't have this guy work on the weekends. Okay, yeah, but I'm going to bring him along. Open mic. He's my project. Yeah. I'm going to bring him along. You Did, know? Didn't he just do a, he, a He's weekend? done a few weekends now. Yeah. He just did a, a fee, an MC weekend and, and did great. Yeah. And now he's one of the favorite guys that works the club, you know. But, you know, it was like a, he was a project. He took my comedy class, too. You know, yeah, that was another yeah. thing where he got better, you know, working with me. And even some of his early jokes, I, I helped him with some of his jokes. A little bit. You know, I'm not a, when you do my class, I do not write your jokes. Right, right. But if I hear something that I think would be funny, I'll suggest it. And he took my suggestions and some of those jokes. And, and he's changed his act a lot as he's gotten older. You know, yeah. he's 21 now. But as he, you know, he, he's developed an act that is really funny. And he's because he had something about him. He had a charisma to him that I thought would be really great. And people would would uh, would find entertaining. And they have. Yeah. So I was right about him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not right about everybody. <laughs> it's not my club, but uh, you know. Yeah, that's right. It, it's great. Like I've never met Mark Ridley. Okay. And so I just know him from like the man, you know, the myth, e- the legend. Emailing yeah. him, and then like, ooh, he's always watching. Like <laughs> he it's, is it's almost like a god figure. The eye that, in the sky. Yeah. The gatekeeper. <laughs> Big brother watching. Well, I'll tell you how, when I first did Comedy Castle open mic. I I think it was my fifth or sixth show. So I'd done the club bar at open mic. It was the only one I did. But I had gotten good. You know, I, I wanted to get good before I called, right. you know, for that show. Because I didn't want to go in there and suck, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember walking wait, wait, in. Wait, wait. You only did five or six stand-up shows <clears throat> and then you were like. No, I did Calvin Castle open mic as my fifth or sixth show. That's nuts. Yeah, well, you know, that was what you did then. Because right. there weren't as many mics yeah. in 99. You know, there was maybe three a week. Comedy Castle was the big one, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, then you, you went up, the open mic was you went up before the improv troupe. They had, they had three spots a week that were open. The improv. They had an improv group that was uh, Tuesday nights. At uh, Ridley's? At Comedy Castle. Oh, yeah, shit. totally unrehearsed theater. And uh, you would open for them. That was the open mic spots. You would either MC or you'd do, right. I think there were two warm-up spots and the MC spot. And you didn't get the MC spot because you weren't experienced. So if you were new, you got one of the other two spots. And I remember going in there and uh, I had my little set that I had worked out at Club Bart and it was doing well. And I walked in and, you know, it's a guy at the cash register, you know taking people's money and i said hi to him and he guy said i'm joel and he goes hey how are you doing and i said i'm here to do open mic and cool he says just go back there you know okay yeah. and then as i i did my set and i came out and guy says to me the guy working he's oh it was really funny come back i was like cool and i'm walking around and i'm looking on the wall and i see all the photos the news clippings i really i didn't realize that was mark ridley the guy oh, that was literally <laughs> taking the money at the door. This is back when he did that. Yeah. yeah he was taking the money at the door on, on open mic night. And uh, so in a way, I didn't have that freak out. There. I mean, it was, I knew I was at a big club and it was an important show. I didn't realize that was him at the time. Yeah. But then he told me it's funny. He's like, oh, Mark really just said it was funny. Holy shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then I, you know, he started using me pretty, pretty early. You know, I would, I would MC that open mic. You yeah. know, that was the first thing. But you got 25 bucks. Yeah, that's that's sick. cool. <laughs> I was happy with that. Yeah, dude, oh, a good gig. That, that's crazy. Like at the time, because I mean, there, there's so many mics you can hit right now. Yeah, like right. I mean, my my Tuesdays are usually like I'm gonna hit three mics. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I I mean I don't know if it's like me just becoming more aware of the scene since I've been here, mm-hmm. or if it's actually growing. But I feel like if you really try, there's so like you can do 
Like, you can do a lot of sets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, that is the thing. You can get better faster now because of the amount of shows. You know, I tell people, you know, your well, it, first year in comedy, quote unquote years, I'm doing air quotes yeah. for people listening. It's about a hundred shows. That's what I consider a year in comedy. Not like, well, I did open mic for the first time a year ago and I've done it four times. Yeah, that's not a year that. in comedy. Yeah. I think it's a hundred shows. So that's two a week. If you can hit two mics a week, which now you can, back then it was it was tough, you know. Yeah. But that's why I was going up all the time, you know. So yeah, that's that's great development. You yeah. Know? But sometimes the quality of the show isn't for isn't sure, great, for sure. You know, yeah. But it's also like there's so many different rooms, mm -hmm. which yeah. is, I, I mean, I think that's really good. I think so too. Um, one thing that's different now is that there isn't. Uh, I don't the the term sounds bad, but there was an industry in the room like there used to be because at the open mic, even like the one I ran at Club Bart, you know, we'd get all the headliners coming by right. and the features that would do the other clubs because it was late on Thursday. So you'd get the guys from Joey's and Livonia, the guys from Comedy Castle, not every week, but you'd have guys out there. So we had we had Rich Voss. We had Greg Giraldo that Damn. would stop in and do spots and or you would just get, you know, the guys and, and they would need openers. So that's a lot of the gigs that you got was, you know, the headliner, you know, local headliner type yeah. guy would see you at Club Bart's open mic and go, oh, I need you. I need a guy to come on the road with me. And uh, now I think the mics have gotten to where it's an open mic filled with open micers. Yeah. And there's not because they're not at Comedy Castle or whatever. You know, Mark Ridley's not going to see you. I'm probably not going to see you. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a few I go to with my students now, or I'll go to your thing. But generally, I'm not at open mic uh, yeah. most of the time, like I used to be. What What are the ones that you take your kids to? Well, kids. I, we, <laughs> my kids. Well, a New Way Bar has been a place that I've okay. taken them, and you know that show is not a great show. And and yeah. uh, I did a, I did a whole <laughs> podcast from the New Way Bar. About a year or so ago, I just took my field recorder and recorded, uh, interviewed some people, recorded some of the sets. Mm -hmm. I talked to Amit Jain yeah. and recorded some of his show and talked to him about uh, his the way he runs the open mic. Which, but believe me, and and I, you know, I'm not dumping on Amit because he's my friend. He's a guy that I actually he got his start working with me at Club Bart. But yeah. you know, I asked all the relevant questions. I'll just leave it at that. So if you, if you want to know what goes on at New Way. Listen to my show from New Way. Yeah. All the questions were asked. All the answers were given. But yeah, that's one I do. And I go, look, that's a rough show. Yeah. Again, that's one where not everybody's there to see the comedy, whatever. But I say if I can, because I like to see my students with an audience. Yeah. You know, and it's the advanced comedy class. So you do have to have some experience to do my class. And then when I see you with an even if it's one table, I'll watch that one table for their reaction. And I get that there's people shooting pool. Yeah. And I get that there's people on the other side of the bar that don't give a fuck. And that's fine. I don't care about that. But I'm watching that one table that's there listening. And I'm watching their reaction, trying to see, okay, is that good or not? So that's one that I'll take them to. Uh, Alan Black's Ypsilanti thing. Okay, yeah. Which I is, I think he does a nice job over there. Alan did my class. And uh, Alan said, well, why don't we just go do my show? Yeah. I said, great. Yeah, yeah, I, and, I've heard uh, a lot of good things about it. Yeah, shows. Alan's show's really good. I forget, The Tap Room, I think, in Ypsilanti. Yeah. Alan uh, runs a nice show. Uh, I am doing, in a couple weeks, I'm doing Marcus Olin's Atwater show, which right. I've heard good things about. Have yeah, you done it, it? It's fun, yeah. Yeah, so my students are going to be going there in a couple weeks. Marcus is a guy who did my class and is doing very well for himself. Yeah. He's gotten really good. You know you know what makes, you know what, you know how you get good? is, And I saw it with Marcus. I've seen it with you. I don't think it's coincidental. Okay, I'm a Jane might be an exception. Running an open mic. Uh, Running an open mic makes you good. Dude, I... Absolutely like, makes I you good. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I'm not great at it, but 
learning like learning how to break that tension yeah and kind of like try and re- sure. reset the room a little bit yeah. with the, something quick yeah because you're going up with nothing between the acts yeah. you know sometimes you're improving something about the last guy or intro and the next guy and at the top of the, you know i was when i was hosting every week you know open mic it was like i'm not doing my act yeah i mean they've seen my act yeah i don't i don't you do know? it like yeah. i'll maybe fuck around a little bit or yeah. try and riff on something yeah. but it's never about me yeah. you know yeah. um but yeah i i think hosting an open mic's an awesome thing to do everyone should do it yeah i i definitely makes think you good that, yeah i totally agree except for <laughs> <laughs> i'm done but I, I i think he would be fine hearing this so i'm not i'm not being yeah. a dick by saying that i don't think but you know i've actually you know i i've seen amit actually do really well right it's just not but he uses his he uses that as his outlet yeah i, I think i've only it's seen him a way. few times yeah. before i started my show yeah, he, he does i go to new way and he does like 20 30 yeah in top, front that's insane yelling and screaming yeah, that's what I. That's what everyone tells me. It's different. It's different, but you know, it's his thing. It's his show. You know, I don't want to. If he did my class, I would tell him how to do a show differently. Yeah. But you know, whatever. It's been there. It's been there a long time. Yeah. You know, for whatever. You know, to his credit. Yeah. That's a good thing. But yeah, hosts and open mics, an awesome thing to do. Yeah. But I think that's probably it. I mean, I think I did one show with a guy who. <sighs> I was in Taylor, and it was just bad. Mm. bad mic you know like physically like the actual sound system was terrible uh, yeah all just it was set up poorly you know it was not good uh so that one i'm just like we're not going back there again yeah. guys you know so i've done you know and then some of them have gone away like there was josh boab at bayside i did that one there that was weird it was like we had we had a nice little show there um i know somebody else runs it Maybe it's a guy you don't know. So we're going to try the Atwater thing. Look at that as experience. Because I always put the students up at Comedy Castle, too, you know, yeah, at yeah. some point in the middle of the class. Would you take them to They Say ever? To They Say? I don't know what They Say is. I've never been there. That's uh, Jay Bell's room. Oh. Dude. Uh, what goes on there? <laughs> it, it's sick. It's, it's actually, it's hilarious because, okay, it's like on the same street as Atwater. Oh, okay. And Atwater is like the whitest, yeah. like craft brew, sure. like yeah. kind of bro-y dudes. Yeah. And then you go to they say, and it's like, you're the only white dude there yeah. that walks in, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I think urban rooms can be fun in that. I, I don't know if that's what I want my students to go through. You know, the point of the class is to learn how to be good at Comedy Castle. You know, the goal right, of people taking right. my class is to get booked at Comedy Castle. Yeah. You know, if you, if you take my class and I think you're competent, you know, it's not automatic, but usually you end up hosting open mic, Yeah. you know? Uh, one of the students hosts our showcase at the end of uh, the class. Um, so that's so doing an urban room, I think, is different. It's not what I'm. T- I've only really done an urban room once, and I was pretty new, and it was Damn. it was rough. Yeah. See, I think that's weird. Like, I feel like you should. I mean, maybe not you and yeah. specifically, but I feel like everybody should be hitting everything. Yeah, you know, uh, the urban rooms when I started were really really different i think too yeah. i mean the one that i did i did something called coco's house of comedy and i guess coco at least put her name on the building she wasn't there when i was i don't know if you know coco she's on the radio here pretty famous guy really funny comic too really funny lady mm-hmm. i mean awesome but you know she wasn't there and the open mic was you could rap yeah you could sing you could dance and some people would do comedy. Yeah, dude. Okay, so you know, so so that that one was not, was not a great experience. Right. J. J. Bell's room. It's like there's a live band, which okay. is fucking awesome. Yeah. 
and then it's it's split between comics and poets which <laughs> i don't really understand the poetry thing but right on do it do your thing but dude jay bell can like command that room and has such okay. an amazing like like he's i think he's like the best i've seen host. him yeah i've seen him perform yeah. and he, he's very good uh, but yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I'd have to go there and see it. You yeah. know, I mean, I've heard good things about Marcus's room, and I know Mark as well, so I'm I'm pretty comfortable going in there and and seeing that. Um, yeah. But I mean, I get that people would be skittish about going, or some people would yeah. go and because I tell people about New Way too. I go, look, it's New Way. You know, yeah. don't 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 worry about how I am going to get something out of it. It may suck for you, but I am learning about what in your act is good, right. how you perform. But my another thing that I tell people about New Way, and if it's a rough open mic, is to just do your act and do it as well as you can do it and stick to the script. Yeah. Now, so many guys at open mic don't do that. So many guys at open mic just, you know, they start roasting the crowd or they start Walking busting the on the room yeah. or whatever they do. And I'm like, you know that might be fun for you to do because you feel like I'm going to do my regular act and no one's going to laugh. And I get that. I understand yeah. why that is. But what I found with my students, especially I go and I go, do your act, stick to the script. Like we practice it in class. Right. If you're giving them a good show, they will generally start to pay attention right. and start to like, listen a little bit. So your first couple jokes may not hit, but if somewhere unconsciously they're, have one ear on the stage or whatever, PA, they will start to pay attention. Right. And by the end, you'll get them, you know? And then I always do a set at these things too. Because yeah. I always go, well, this is, you know, this is how you do it. You know, yeah. they'll go up and then I'll go up and go, I'm going to do my real jokes, my real set. Quote, and, and then you bomb too. <laughs> oh, that happens. <laughs> Usually I do well. But again, by taking that philosophy at a place like New Way, yeah. it's like I'm going to go in and everybody else is going to be stoned and, and talking about, you know, the other people in the crowd yeah. and I'm going to go up and do jokes and I'm going to do better than those guys. Yeah. And usually I do. <laughs> and usually they do. Uh, so that's my thing about doing well in a rough room. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know anything about the, uh, the, they say room. But, no, uh, that, it, there's, it's fucking good. Okay. I, I love it. I, I try. And again, that's why my students don't go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> cause it's, cause they're, it's, it's not practice for comedy castle. Right. It's an alt room. Yeah. Dude, but that's okay. a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. That, that's another thing that I was kind of curious as like what, like, like, what do you think about? Yeah. Like my room and mm -hmm. then all the other bar showcases. Yeah. Like, is the, is that the alt scene? I, Art? you know, I mean, it's the alt in that it's not mainstream comedy. I mean, alt didn't exist when I started, at right. least not in Detroit. And I never got, I really never got to do an alt show. Yeah. I mean, my open, the club bar at open mic was as alt as it got. I mean, that was the big open mic of the week where anyone could get on. And it was alt in that we were putting up weirdos. But it was also still a thing where, like, you practice there and then went to Comedy Castle. Right. Whereas now there's guys who just do the alt shows. And they're, they're killers. And some of those guys are killers on the alt shows. And I bring them to Comedy Castle and done work. But they can rock you know, Chucky Finster or your thing yeah. or Trixie's or something. And then, you know, they do comedy castle and it's just a different thing. And that's all right. If that's what you want to do, I'm not right. saying that it's a bad thing to do, but you know, I think there's a different approach to those shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's what's fucked me a little bit is yeah. like Ridley's is so much different. Yeah. It's yeah. so much fucking different. Yeah. And 
it sucks because it's hard to train for that yeah. because you know yeah. you're doing these crazy weirdo well the the training is like i said you do the comedy castle set at the alt show yeah and hope that they get it and you know but but you don't ha- you know you don't have to either but i've seen guys who like are fucking around at new way and then they get to comedy castle they think they can throw a switch and crush uh-huh. and they can't yeah. i mean in generalization you know and i think that's too bad but i also think hey go go work on a real act do it in these places yeah. see how it goes you know um I think that's the best practice for it. I mean, yeah, get, doing well at your show is just a different threshold. It's a different thing. Yeah. Well, and I, it's super fun. Like, I mean, like, I enjoy that challenge of it, and I think it's a very entertaining show to watch from the audience perspective. But I, I also think that is that the training to be a working comic? I don't know. Well, I'd like to think that it's just like working on a different sure. muscle yeah. of you know being a mm-hmm. comedian. Yeah. Because it's like... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said from the beginning, it's like, you know, if you're eating shit, like the crowd, like not, not like to make it not unbearable for the crowd, you know, yeah. that's the whole point. And then it's also like, if you can flow and like, right. and then segue back into your material, I think that's like a really good skill. Yeah. To have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's some improvisation that is necessary to be good. Yeah. I think you learn a lot of that being an MC. Yeah, because sure. so much of that is improv. Because I, because I tell my students like, you're not going to improv anything, you're not going to do crowd work, you're not going to do any <laughs> of these things. But when you're the MC, then the rules change. Yeah, you know, you can improv. You can make a joke about the last guy, make a joke about the next guy. Yeah, uh, you're going to do announcements about you know tipping the waitstaff. Make those funny if you can. You want to do somebody's birthday as the MC? Hey, who's having a birthday tonight? Let's. Uh, what did you get for your birthday? Okay, there's a bachelorette party. Let's talk to the bachelorette party. Yeah, you know, make some dick jokes. That's all kosher is the MC. Right, right. But if you come in to Comedy Castle and you're trying to get booked, and I've seen a guy do, I've seen some guys do this where it's like, you know, I'm going I'm, to get booked. Have Mark watch my set. And they're in there going, hey, what do you do for a living? It's like, what the fuck is that? I hate that question. Oh, my God. <laughs> guys doing crowd work who just, you know, you just, you can't. Crowd work is not a thing you should be doing. I just feel like it can either go like, you say, what do you do for a living? Yeah. And then there's only going to be two responses. It's going to yeah. be like, well, what is that? Yeah, or, right. what the fuck? And yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And I just... It's, uh. it's 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 just such a... It's not what people are looking for when they want to book you. Yeah. And people can give you examples. Oh, man, I watch this guy and he just does crowd work. And you, you know, it was a Todd Berry goes on tour, does crowd work tour. Right. Guys do crowd work specials and albums and stuff. And it's like, they're them. Yeah. They're not you. They are known quantities. They are known personalities. They're getting booked based upon their body of work. Yeah. And you have no body of work. So yeah, you better yeah. show up and be good. And, and you know, guys that do a lot of crowd work, and I, because I, I see guys, you know, this guy named Paul Mercurio does Comedy Castle pretty regular, who's one of the best crowd work guys I've ever seen. They're not that, the shows aren't that different. You know, you go, boy, it's a whole different crowd. It's going to be a whole different show. It really isn't. Right. Because you're going to have the married people, and then there's the married yeah. jokes. You have the kid jokes. He's probably got a joke for every profession. He's probably got a joke for every marital situation. Right. The gay guy, the black guy, the Chinese guy. Don Rickles is like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. He was like that, too, you know. Don Rickles, I tell this story to my students. I go, you know, Don Rickles would go in the crowd, and he'd talk about the Chinese guy sitting in the front row. And he'd, he'd roast the fuck out of the Chinese guy in the front row. There wasn't always a Chinese guy in the front row. 
<laughs> he would do the jokes about the Chinese guy in the front row. There'd be no Chinese guy. Because who can see the fucking front row anyway? Yeah, damn. The guys in the front row. <laughs> and the guys in the front row... Oh, okay, so so 10 people are looking going, what the fuck is he talking about? But then there's 300 other people who are rolling. Yeah, yeah. Because he knew the jokes were good. Yeah, damn. You know, and, and it, it it's an illusion. It's a performance. And, 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 you know, like I said, Paul Mercurio, really quick wit, you know, off the top of his head, is a hilarious guy who has a comeback for everything. Yeah. And that's great, and that's awesome, and you need to have that if you're going to do that style. But that is something that, is developed over time. Oh, for sure. Uh, so it, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all a show. <laughs> yeah. It's all a show, you know, good comedy sounds like you're doing it off the top of your head, but it's Definitely. not, it is a routine. And, you know, so crowd work stuff, that's a mistake to do it. If you're an unknown <laughs> comic, if you're a new comic, try to not do crowd work. Do it as the MC. Yeah. Get an open mic and fucking talk to those people between the comics and get them fired up. Get them, you know, I hate that too when comics do that. How's everybody doing tonight? Give it up for yourselves, man. Round Dude, of applause at open for the mics, guy before you. At open mics, yeah. like how many people make, like, give it up for the last yeah. guy and everybody here. And then it's just the crowd has already done that yeah. fucking 10 times. They're not there. You know, people, it's like they're there to laugh. Yeah. If you're doing anything else but making them laugh, if you're making them applaud, if you're giving it up for the Red Wings, if you're giving it up Dude. for the wait staff or the guy that went before you, they're not there to do that. Give it up for Dude. yourselves for coming. Out tonight. Oh, Holy dude, shit. that that was like, yeah. One dude in Arizona, he would always fucking say that yeah, every. Yeah. Give it up for yourselves, yeah, and yeah. it's like who fucking cares? But some comics, I swear, I think in their mind, they're like, I got an applause break, man. You got an applause break on oh, giving man. giving it up for yourselves for coming out to see in live comedy. Tonight? That's kind of. But I really be, think people are that delusional, or they just they can't earn that response, and so. They're asking for it. Yeah. I mean, there's guys that literally ask for standing ovations or, or do something that is just so, you know, they just, they do, they, they do some long winded thing about, you know, this was my dream to do comedy and you, you guys have made my dream come true tonight and then people stand up for it or, you know, uh, fuck off. I was in a car accident and it was my dream as I was laying in the hospital bed. Then uh, one day I would do comedy and I'm glad you could be part of my dream. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, everyone stands up, but fuck you. You didn't earn that standing ovation, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I close, my usual closing bit is a bit that I stole from the movie Punchline. <laughs> uh, there's this old MC if you ever see that movie it's a terrible movie about comedy but you know Tom Hanks oh yeah I've like, never seen it Tom Hanks I, is the young I, gun I know about it yeah he wants to do the Tonight Show then Sally Field is like the housewife who thinks she's funny and she's struggling to do comedy but the, the MC is this like old guy in a tuxedo you know like a borscht belt guy you know it's in the 80s so his, his day was passed and he does this thing that's really you know sympathetic and he says he says, well, you know what, folks? I'm in love with a lady named Comedy. And he's, that, that's his thing. And everyone kind Ugh. of like applauds. So what I did, you know, I do a lot of jokes about how I don't get laid and I'm bad with women. And I say, you know what, folks, I'm not getting laid. Uh, but that's okay because I'm in love with a lady named Comedy. Jesus. And then people applaud and I go, and that bitch ain't putting out either. <laughs> Thank you, for, you know, so I made a joke out of it, yeah, you know, that yeah, fit yeah. my act. And it's, I sort of do a fa you know, do that left turn fake out. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so appreciative. I've summed up my act with this, this, you know, insightful look into my psyche. And then it's just another fucking dick joke. 
<laughs> and I love that. Yeah, and yeah. I love that, you know, turning it on its head. Long way for a dick joke. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes you got to do that. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. <laughs> you can't do dick jokes. You can if they're good. Yeah. <laughs> if they're if they're original, yeah. do them, you, you know? You can do any joke as long as it's good. Yeah, that's that's it too, you know? Yeah. You can't steal a premise. I was yeah. talking to a guy the other day about that, you know? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing all these jokes about sex, and I think it's hack. And I go, well, yeah, but your punchlines aren't hack. Yeah. You know, the premise might be hack, but you can't, you know, you can't steal a premise. I mean, yeah. I tell they get, guys. They get worn out, though, and it's like, they, Well, oh, they do, I because... Hear, I don't want to hear about internet dating. Well, when you're the 12th guy on the open mic, yeah. yeah absolutely, yeah. you know, and that's why you should be original. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you talk about how, you know, Planet Fitness has pizza night, you know, you might be the fifth guy on the show that's doing that. Yeah. That's sort of a hack premise. But, you know, talking about a subject, if you have something original and funny to say about it, I think is fair. For sure. And if you're going to do a Tinder joke that's better than the three Tinder jokes people already heard, I think it's okay to do it. You got to understand that, you know, people did the Tinder joke yeah. and you should drop it. You know, that's something called burning the premise, you know, when you're the 12th guy. The premise is burnt. Yeah. Their audience probably isn't going to laugh at that like they would, but it doesn't mean you can't do the joke, you know. So much of my stuff that I've written over the years is I'm watching open mic, and I'll hear a guy set something up, and then his punchline sucks. And I'll go, man, I thought of a really funny punchline. Yeah. I just wrote a joke. And, and, you know, you could say I stole a guy's joke, but I didn't. He was just setting it up. <laughs> you know, he was saying something about, you know, I, I don't even know if I can remember any joke that started that way. But, you know, I'll do that a lot of times. I'll hear somebody's premise and go, it'd be funny to say this next. Yeah. And then the guy doesn't say that next. You know, sometimes it is. Sometimes they do go where you think they're going with it. I, I but feel a lot like of times I, I just think of something that's a real funny punchline and yeah. go, I'm going to do that. That that helps me, right, is like I'll listen to my sets mm -hmm. and be like, oh, I fucking should have said this yeah, right there. absolutely. And then that kind of... But you could do that listening to other people too. For sure. There's some value yeah. in that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. There's some value in watching people almost hit, you know, yeah. and then going, I can make that work. Yeah. Boom. Now it's in my act. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, motherfucker. I, I don't know. I, I try and... You can't, you can't do it if it hits. Yeah, <laughs> You no. can't do that if somebody hits with something. No. You got to go, oh, this sucked. I can make this good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I try and stay away from anything that anybody could write, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. But that's probably not true. <laughs> I mean, it, it's... You think... I mean, everyone... You know, I mean... If it comes from an honest place yeah. and, you know, but, you know, the thing about it is if you're a guy, you know, if you're a dad and you're talking about your wife and your kids, the audience is going to be filled with people with wives and kids. And then it's just relatable. And boy, you can sound like a hack when you're at Dude, some alt open mic. That, but see, when you go to Comedy Castle and it's sold out, it's people on dates. It's married people. Th that's why uh, it's what people it, with day jobs. And you talk about your day job. People can relate to that. Yeah. That, that's what, like, I think bummed me out at one of the last really shows that I was at. It was like this brand new dude who was doing like, so my wife's a bitch. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, like yeah. I have heard all of this before right. yeah. and it's killing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. But you know, there are people that will hear that stuff and go, you know, like me or I think Mark Ridley's in, yeah, to speak from a little bit, you know, it's like, we know we've heard this stuff before. Yeah. And that's not what, we're looking for at the club we're not looking for you sound like everybody else even if you're killing right like that's there's not a lot of interest in that or, or just you know i would never go like yeah this guy killed with the same shit i've heard a hundred times yeah you know even if you know you listen to the audience the reaction is important that the audience likes somebody but being original 
says a lot too you know for sure you know yeah i like i i've like i get burnt out on hearing like the comic voice yeah in the same way like the dj voice okay is, yeah you know and I, I try like super hard just to talk uh-huh. the way that i talk sure. normally right yeah i mean obviously it's jazzed up a little bit yeah. for comedic effect yeah but Oh, I, I hate hearing like so guys you know what's the deal you know <laughs> well there's you ever wonder yeah like, well that's 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 the thing that's evolved yeah to where you know that is be you know Robert Klein would probably be a guy that like everybody stole from him you know Seinfeld took his style you know Carlin probably right. another guy Richard Pryor you know all the black comics were doing yeah, Eddie Murphy was doing Richard Pryor when he started you know yeah, so there's yeah, always yeah. that thing that people borrow I, I think you know but the audience does react there is a there is a cadence to a joke oh, set a punchline sure. yeah and boy when people know where to laugh it's it's a lot easier to make them laugh oh yeah so you know guys that get to you know and again guys who want to be that observational guy whose Netflix special was great and killed it. And then you try to go on an open mic when you got five minutes at one in the morning, ain't the same thing. It's tough. But if you go up and you're doing jokes and you have these punchlines that you know, they're going to laugh there, you know, they don't have to, no one has to get anything if it's just funny in a a natural way. So I think, and I think those guys who have those kind of acts where it's all observational and it's long stories that's developed over time. If you go back and watch them the first couple of years of their career, they were probably doing more jokey joke stuff because that's the only way to get people to pay attention sometimes is, is short things. Boom, 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 you know, set up punch. Watch David, David tells first HBO special. (laughs) You ever see David tells first HBO special? He's got hair. He's like this young guy. He's wearing like a members-only jacket, I think. Is he wearing like like, a like gr- boots? I want to say he's wearing like a green members-only jacket, uh, and he's no, clean-shaven. No, and he's really young-looking. Fuck, I haven't. Yeah, seen that. it's it's completely different. It's funny. It's just not what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, Dude, it, I got kicked out of uh, Ridley's at Dave Attell. Oh, really? For yeah. doing what? Well, I I bought. I got there late for the first show. <laughs> I got there late for the first show and I watched it, you know, I was like, okay. fuck yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I'm a comic. I'm going to oh, okay. try and stick around yeah. and watch the second one. Cause I want to see yeah. Amy Nicole Schreiber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I got the boot, but you know, <laughs> I didn't throw you out. Did I? <laughs> no, uh, the big bouncer dude, big bill, big bill, <laughs> wild bill. <laughs> he walked over me and he's like, yeah. Hey, is your name Bert? I was like, no, I might have ratted you out. I don't know. No, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> I was whatever. like, fair enough. Yeah, David Tell's awesome, though. Dude, yeah. You got to go see David Tell if you've never seen David Tell. Yeah, to oh. anyone listening. Oh, yeah, okay. He's coming in. I think he's there in April at the club. Yeah. Comedy Castle. I think is. I think Nicole's it, opening, too. Yeah, that's I what think, I thought. Like Dude, that. that's so cool. Yeah, it tells, it tells great. Dude's so funny. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Damn. Who else do you like? Who's your influence? I mean, obviously fucking Hedberg. Okay, yeah. Um, I listen to Bert Kreischer's podcast a lot. Okay. I feel like I learn a lot yeah. from that dude. Yeah. Just because he's so open on his podcast. Uh-huh. Um, Bill Burr. Okay, yeah. You know, Chappelle. That's a lot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not... The guy. I'm, I'm not, like, digging very deep right, right, here, right. but... Yeah. 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 Um, I, dude, it, it amazes me. Bill Burr's podcast, he just talks to himself. <laughs> and it's h- fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's tough. I've done podcasts by myself, and yeah. they're tough. Yeah. You know, they're tough to just 
you know, I can't, I can't pause to collect my thoughts. I got to keep, you know, talking and yeah. talking and talking and keeping it going. Yeah. Yeah. Was, those are challenging. Did you think that there was a guy that you wanted to set? Like, did you ever write in somebody's voice? Like, starting out, you just went like, "I'm gonna write this." Like, it's I mean this guy. Or... I I think sometimes like maybe like cadences of Hedberg like okay. slip in, yeah. which I try and like yeah. push out. You know, yeah, I I listen to you and I don't hear any specific guy. Hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hear guys that do Hedberg though. I mean, there's yeah. there's those guys. Yeah, you know what's what's the guy's name? He's funny too, Scott. Oh, what's his life? He did my class. He was so funny. Scott Fisher. He doesn't do a lot of shows, but boy, he's got a really good version of that. Really? A really good sort of Hedberg-esque thing. And it's funny. Or you got Ben Rolison doing the... Fuck, what's his name? Steven. Steven Wright. Wright, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Ben Rolison's a funny guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I like Ben a lot. When I started, my guy was Robert Schimmel. I was trying to be Robert Schimmel. I was trying to write jokes as if he would tell them. Yeah. And, you know, when you do it, you're not Robert Schimmel, so it doesn't sound like Robert Schimmel but that's that was I guess even today but you know but certainly back then that was you know until I found my own voice I was sort of writing in his voice yeah and I was talking to Dave Landau I, I remember telling Dave Landau that story oh dude I'm and I go and he goes well that's that's how I got started I wanted to be Robert Schimmel yeah yeah dude, and that's me, and, me and Landau sound I don't think we sound all that much alike but we both kind of started trying to be him you know? yeah 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 I mean I I definitely like sometimes when I'm writing stuff like I can like hear how some of my favorite comics would do it you know uh-huh, yeah. and i kind of try and like ride that wave a little bit yeah. but i know i'm not gonna like yeah 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 like go out and you know yell like bill burr or right anything. yeah because you, you gotta be yourself it's yeah. fake to try to be somebody oh else. yeah i mean i remember when dane cook broke out you know you go to uh-huh. open mic and it'd be five dane cooks you know, guys with oh, spiky, yeah. gelled hair and uh-huh. jeans with all kind of glittery <laughs> shit on them. And, and tank, like, fitted tank top. Yeah, like real muscle, like affliction shirts. Yeah. And, you Damn. know, yeah, they'd be up there trying to be Dane Cook. And it's like, Dane Cook's not even good. Why are you fucking going to be watered down <laughs> Dane Cook? Um, you, you don't like him at all? I mean, whatever. He's, he's all right. Yeah. I mean, the thing about a guy like a Dane Cook, and I, I think this is true about a lot of famous comics, you know, they know they're not good. <laughs> you know the good guys probably know they're good but you know dane cook was way more successful than he, he was talented and there's certainly guys that are you know like david tells way more talented than he is successful right you know there's it can go both ways but th- there are guys I, you know i'll call out dane cook just because he's one of those guys but I, I think there are lots of guys that i've seen in this business who know you know they're not that good Damn. But, you know, yeah. what are they going to do? Not fucking go do a show right, for right, right. hundreds of people, thousands of people. And, you know, those guys don't necessarily have long careers. You know, they have that peak where, because, you know, it is trendy. Yeah. It's like music, yeah. you know. Fucking why totally. were we all listening to that shit? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck, man? Well, what was with us, man? Yeah. People what? are going to go back and go, man, that fucking Imagine Dragons. In 20 years, they're going to be fucking listening to that shit. They're going to be at the state fair. And people are going to go, oh, I fucking went to the palace and saw oh. them in 2013. And it's like, yeah, because no one fucking had any taste. And it was just the trendy thing to do. And it sounded good then. Yeah. It gets dated. And comedy's the same way. Oh, for sure. You know, the guys that sounded good. Like, what the fuck, man? What, what do you think of Stanhope? I think he's great. You know, I think he's great. He, Again. He's one of my favorites, too. I, I think Stanhope is a guy that, you know, he doesn't give a fuck. 
Yeah. If he gave more of a fuck, he might be more successful. And not that like he's not wildly successful. Yeah. He's in the top 1% of guys that have ever been successful doing comedy. But there's guys that aren't as good as him that are more successful because, you know, part of it is that, you know, and I know this, uh, I've never actually seen, seen Stan up live, but I know lots of guys that open for him and it's always the same story. He doesn't give a fuck. You yeah. know, I know guys that open for him and he just hands him a box of CDs. I go sell my CDs. All right. Yeah, I, I, whatever, you know. So I sold like 20, so that's like 200. I don't give a fuck. Give me the money. Like, he just, like he, just, he yeah. has a thing, and I know opening, and it's no disrespect to anyone open for him, but it's like, yeah, you can do a guest spot. I don't care. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like that, too. Like, he just, he's not, he doesn't micromanage his career in a way to, like, build it. You know, he likes to go out. He enjoys doing the shows. He gets his money. He's fine with the whole thing, you know. He has fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I definitely didn't get on that show because of any merit right. or anything. Yeah. But like when I, you know, I was wearing a fucking ridiculous Stanhope suit for the first <laughs> year of Prankus. Okay. Yeah. And there was an article written about it and I sent him. Like, oh, okay. And, yeah. I, and I was like, hey, like, you yeah. know, I'm a big fan. This is like <laughs> homage to you. Oh, yeah, this is right. cool. And he was like down for it. Yeah. And then I saw him. I went to see him in Ohio. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I was like, hey, man, like, I'm that guy from Detroit. Yeah, okay. Um, he's like, oh, I recognize yeah. you. Like, whatever, super nice. Yeah. And he was like, do you want to open for me in Detroit? Ah, that's like, awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, he's, he's cool like dude, that. Dude, yeah. So many guys aren't, because some guys want to control who's in front of them. Yeah. You know, some guys only want women in front of them. Some guys only want a dirty comic, might only want a clean comic in front of them. Right. You know, stand up, stand up's so good, he knows it doesn't, he, he can follow anybody. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. If you suck, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He just... Like, he's going to do his thing, and he knows people are going to love it. They're there to see him. So he doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. And that's a good attitude to have, but it's also like a thing where, you know, if he had, I don't know if he has a manager or somebody guiding his career, where they would probably be like, no, we have to, we can only play these venues, and we only have to have this opening act in front of you, and they can only do so much time, yeah. and only talk about this. And, you know, he doesn't have those guidelines. He doesn't have those rules. No. But but sometimes guys have those, so they can really shine right, right. and be successful and only play venues where, you know, it's really going to enhance them, maximize their revenue, yeah. all that stuff. Dude, and I don't think he has any of those considerations when he goes out. His show in Detroit was at the Token Lounge, yeah. which is standing. It's a dump, yeah. People stood, yeah. Entire, which is yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, I saw Jackie Martling standing at the Royal Oak Music Theater. Damn. It was mayhem. Really? Oh, my God. I was probably a year in of doing stand-up, and Jackie was still on Howard Stern. And I talked to Jackie. Yeah, he was at the bar and taking pictures. And I go, Jackie... Because I was like, man, I, you know, I, I, and people were just rowdy. They were like throwing beer cans, Jesus. you know, just a drunken mess. They were just talking over Jackie. They were constantly heckling. And I said to Jackie, I go, man, I, I don't know how you can do it with everybody talking that loud. He goes, kid, if you saw what I was making, you'd have no problems with it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So that was his advice to me. Like, that's, that's a good, that's a good attitude. You know, yeah. I didn't, I never looked at it that way. I'd be like, oh, man, this audience blows, yeah, man. Fuck. He didn't give a shit. He was fucking getting paid, Yeah, you know? So do you think, like, with all these Netflix specials and stuff, do you, do you think uh, Netflix specials are dead? I don't know that they're dead. Um, I think they're good exposure for people. I think you're, you're, you're hitting, you're going to hit a point 
where like in the 80s having all the the tv shows or yeah. live comedy and i think netflix can get to that point where people are like i don't need to leave the house to see comedy i just want more raw shit Cause, yeah, cause yeah. I, but obviously, you know, I'm at Mike's every fucking sure, night. Sure, yeah. But I'm like so ready to just see like a raw yeah. show. Well, you know, I talked about that on my podcast last week. I, you know, me and Corey were talking and I said, you know, I don't watch Netflix specials generally. I don't really either. Because there, there's a few that I'll watch. But. And, you know, no disrespect to the guys that are doing them. They're not real. They're not what it's a real comedy show is. I mean, they're yeah. edited together from different shows. They're sweetened. If a joke doesn't work, it gets cut out. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's like, I want to see yeah. a fucking raw right. ass. Like, well, or Chappelle's second special was just him in the belly room. Okay. And it's uncut. Yeah. And it's it's way, you know, it's yeah. like that, that room seats 50 people. Right. And so it's so different, yeah. but so much better. Right. But I mean, there are people that don't like some of those Chappelle things because, right, right. you know, his act isn't PC or whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen him. And I think that's probably how we got into our discussion was about everyone's talking about these Chappelle specials. I go, oh, I don't fucking know because I ain't going to see him. Yeah. And I see guys that are, you know, have that hot Netflix special. Right. And then they come to Comedy Castle and they do fine. Right. They're not like they're bad, but, you know, I mean, all of our headliners are really good. None of those guys kind of stand out. You know, it's not all of them, but you know, there are guys who like, I see all the comics showing up because somebody dropped this hot special right. and all the young you know, open mic guys are there huh. to see this guy and you know, he does a fine, but the guy that nobody knew the week before might've done better, right, right. you know? Uh, and it's just those shows, you know, the way that they do them, the way that they capture them, it's not indicative of how, how a guy's going to do night in and night out. Yeah, you can see if somebody's good from those. I don't think if you're bad, you're going to look good in editing. Yeah. But I see so much of it live. I don't really have a need to watch For sure. somebody special. You know, it's like, nah, I'll see him live or I won't see him live. Yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever. I'd much rather see it live. Yeah, absolutely. I see so much of it live. I'm like, I don't yeah. really need to see that. It, and I, I'll occasionally go to like a big show. Right. You know, I went Same. to the thing like it, whatever was a DT, the funny or die fucking thing with... Aziz and Amy Schumer and mm -hmm. Bill Burr and all those guys. So I'll go see them, see them there. Right. You know, I saw 10 guys in one day or whatever. And that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Doing shorter sets. But, you know, it's still, yeah, I mean, that is live. But I, do I enjoy that? You know. Dude, I, I yeah. saw Louis C.K. and Joe Louis. Oh, okay. And that was, it's, it's fucking, it's not where comedy. No, absolutely. Dude, that, it's that, crazy. I think that hurts it, you know. Yeah. When I was a I kid, mean, it, I saw... It's sick that he could sell that oh, out. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. it's just such it's a different beast. Not as good, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I saw Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> in like 1989. Fuck. You know, at the height of his fucking powers, yeah. man. And it was just, you know, I mean, I didn't know anything about comedy then. I just thought Dice was funny. But I remember sort of leaving and going, it was okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, <laughs> he might have done an hour. The opener did 15. Yeah. You know, I spent whatever i mean at the time a lot of money yeah you know it might have only been 20 bucks but it was in the 80s oh yeah you know but i was like i kind of spent a lot of money to see that and i could have seen acdc for that same money yeah and would have had a much better time you know yeah, yeah. than seeing dice i mean it's cool to see him i guess <clears throat> but you know it 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 those big venue guys i mean they're just i mean they're cashing in yeah you know and i don't blame anybody for doing that but i think i think they would even tell you you know this isn't good yeah, yeah, you know Kevin Hart's doing stadiums, dude. And stuff. Yeah, it's like, come nuts. on, dude. Dude, can we pause this yeah, for a sec sure. so I can use the bathroom? Yeah, I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna too. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can go first.
Yeah. That's many hours from now. <laughs> but yeah, I have a date tonight, but I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, look out. Look out. Who's the lucky lady? <laughs> Not telling. No one would know her. She an open micer? No. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> oh, you do that, and that's when. <laughs> oh, boy. Girls have quit comedy because they dated me. Um, <laughs> not many. I think it's happened a couple times. <laughs> hey, it's the risk. Yeah. But, you know, you meet people at work. Yeah. If comedy is your job. You know, when I got started, I didn't have a day job of any kind. I really still don't have a day job aside from Comedy Castle, really. So yeah. comedy's it, man. You meet people at work, and that's what you do. Yeah. Met girls Fuck. on open mic. Do the club bar thing and put them on stage. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you were good. Come back. Okay. Dude, when, when I hear, like, people on pod, or, you know, real comedians on podcasts talk about how they're like, oh, it sucks, you know, staying at that motel that opens to the yeah. parking lot yeah. and those shitty fucking, like, I'm like, oh, I want that <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, you do, but then it gets, it, I mean, I, I really. Well, I just don't want a day job. Yeah, like, well, that's you know? true, but, you know, that's got, that's one of the reasons I took a job at Comedy Castle, because I didn't want to be on the road. I didn't want right. to live like that. Okay. Uh, I just was having a hard, you know, and the clubs were closing. I mean, I already talked about that here. You know, we right. used to have all these clubs and those kind of, you know, and you were good for, even as a feature, two weekends a year at least. You know, if you didn't mind opening the show, like Chaplin's over on the east side, I used to open that show. Even, you know, 10 years in, I'd be the MC because they'd bring me in every six weeks. Yeah. And it was easy money. It was probably only, you know, a couple hundred bucks, but it was easy money. You didn't have to travel for it. Yeah. So, you know, 10 minutes for me or whatever. So that was easy. But the road is very tough to make money unless you're a headliner. Right. And even if you're a headliner, if you don't have a name, you might be making 200 a night. What? Yeah. To do one to do one nighters. Like like yeah. if, so, if someone does a, a weekend at at Ridley's? Well, a weekend at Ridley's isn't a one nighter. That's a weekend. Right. And, you know, the Ridley's headliners are paid, you know, based upon their draw in a lot of right. I mean, I I can't speak. I don't know what anyone's specific deal is, but everybody has a different deal. Right, right. So in that case, you know, Dave Attell is going to have a different deal than Brad Wenzel or somebody, you know, because yeah. it's based on your draw. It's based on, you know, the guys that have agents can negotiate better deals. Some guys get a door deal where it's like, <laughs> give me all the money that comes in the door or give I, me half the money on the door. I love that, you know, that Mitch Hedberg joke. Was that? He's, he's like, yeah, for doing a show, I get 50% of the door. So then... By the time I do the second show, I'll have a full door. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. But yeah, I mean, that's that's how you can get paid. So, you know, you don't, you know, the money, if you're an unknown, even as a headliner, the money is not negotiable. Yeah. You know, if you're a new headliner and you want to work Comedy Castle and Mark likes you, he's going to tell you what the money is. Right. And you're going to say yes or no. And there's probably not going to be a back and forth. I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody. Yeah. As the opener, there is really no negotiation right, right. at all. So, they, you know, if you talk to a booking agent who has a gig, they go, I got this and I got, this is the money. You may or may not get a hotel room. Yeah. You know, so if you're if you were featuring and, and for me, you know, towards the end of my road career, how, you know, how long did you stay on the road? Well, I, I started in 99. I probably started working the road about two years in. Damn. And then, you know, in 2012 is when I started at Comedy Castle, about, about 12, 13 years, you know, but then um, 
you know, you would just do that. But, you know, when but, gas... But how was, long were you on the road? Like, would you come back home? Oh, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, most guys aren't gone more than two weeks at a, in a go. And that was the right. longest I did. I did two weeks in Florida. Doing oh, one night. Just in Florida? Just in Florida. Oh, shit. There was, uh, I think it was Giggles, which, you know, Giggles Comedy Club, mm-hmm. again, air quotes, was just a series of bars where they'd put up a sign that said Giggles, and it was the same lady that booked all the clubs. Yeah. So, you know, you would do those, and you'd do 10 shows in 14 nights, uh, almost always in different towns. Uh, you know, you'd go from town to town and get a hotel room. Right. If there were off nights, you had to buy your own hotel room. Uh, you know, so I think I got 75 bucks a shot to do those. Uh, but when gas was a dollar 25, you could do that. Yeah. You know, when, when I was getting to the end of working the road and when I was sick of it, gas was almost four bucks a gallon and you're getting a hundred bucks in no hotel room and you're going three or four hours away. Yeah. Do the math on that, man. You ain't making uh. any money. And it also used to be that when there were more and the economy really hurt the one nighters a lot. I mean, it eventually killed a lot of the clubs, right. but it would be like, okay, uh, you know, we'd have one nighters. Okay. Well you do three. You know, you'd go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday and do one-nighters. And if Saturday had two shows, you know, you're doing four shows. So even at 100 bucks a show, that's 400 bucks over three nights. And if they're putting you up and gas is cheap, it's not a bad week. Yeah. You're probably coming home with 300 bucks. Yeah. When you're doing, when that weekend goes from three one-nighters in three different towns to one for 100 bucks, yeah. and you're spending 50 bucks to get there, and if you want to spend the night in a hotel, you're paying out of your own pocket because you don't want to drive home at two in the morning. You're not making any money. Yeah. Fuck. So that's the you know that's that's the <laughs> challenge with the road. I think what's happening now is that comics are booking their own rooms. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing because they're being a lot more fair to the comics when it comes to pay. That's another thing I teach in my class is how to run a successful one nighter. Right. I teach you how to run an open mic. I teach you how to run a one nighter. And there's people like uh, Melissa Hager, as an example, in Frank and Moves. I don't know if you know her. Mm-mm. She did my class. She took what I taught her. She started running her. She started renting a little room in Frankenmuth and booking her own things. And now she's booking rooms all over that part of Michigan. Hell yeah. Where, where is Frankenmuth? Uh, it's about an hour and a half north of here. Okay. It's a little Bavarian. You're not from Michigan, but it's a, yeah. it's a tourist town. It looks like Germany. Whoa. It's about three blocks of Germany. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, there's fried chicken places. And there's a place called Bronner's where all they sell is Christmas decorations all year round. It's pretty crazy. Weird. And she books this little room up there, but she, you know, with the way that she does the money deal and the way that she pays people out. Dude, what, what's a... What, she does really well with it. What's you know, her name she, again? Melissa Hager. Melissa Hager. Melissa okay. Hager, yeah. You cool. Find out who she is. Yeah, because me, yeah. me and Jason Brent are doing a one night in Traverse City coming okay. up. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out a Friday night. Okay. So maybe I'll hit her up. Yeah. Yeah, Let's maybe see. she might have some. Yeah. Uh, who's I mean, you're booking that thing? Uh yeah, Jason booked Jason it. Jason booked it. Okay. I think through Matthew Zarelli. Okay, so there's a guy up there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you just, you know, with comics running their own shows, I think it has gotten a little bit better. Yeah. Because because of and and that's just cuz there's a void in the booking agencies like Funny Business or Hysterical Management that we're booking a lot of these. Their influences, 
you know, with the economy, they lost some of their accounts. Comics are starting their own rooms. Yeah. And I think they're being a little more fair to comics. And I think that's a good thing because Melissa's like that. She pays, you know, like Comedy Castle money for some of these one nighters, which is great. Yeah. You know, but I taught her what that money should be and what's fair and what does it take to get a guy to come up there? Yeah. You know, if you're going to go 90 minutes out, if you're going to get book a Detroit headliner, how far will they go for 200 bucks? Right. Do they need a hotel room? Do they not need a hotel room? You know, what is that? And the finances change. It depends upon where you're going. Yeah. You know, a casino in the UP in February is going to have different finances than, you know, Flint in July. Right. For, to get comics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you just want to make sure you can make that money because, you know. A hundred, you know, sort of like for me, my example of chaplains, you know, 200 bucks would be the same as making 400 bucks and going, you know, driving 500 miles to make that. Right. It's, it's the end of the day. It's the same money. Yeah. Cause, you know? cause I, I wonder like, I mean, you know, how do you, how do we fucking make it as a comic? <laughs> it's tough, you know? man. Yeah. And it's like, like I did a, a little mini tour with like Louis D. Michael and Zach Burkhardt mm-hmm. a while ago. Yeah. And we almost broke even. Okay. Yeah. Like real close. That's the good goal to have. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but it was like, it was all comics rooms. Yeah. Like, I mean, we did the fucking Laugh Factory open mic okay, yeah. in Chicago yeah. that nobody watched. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it's a... Well, it's... I, I recommend that comics have a day job. Even though I didn't. Yeah, even though yeah. I was the guy that went out and did the road. You know, part of that, I was still living with my, my parents yeah. for some of that. And then later, you know, I was living in Hamtramck for very little money and a very cheap rent. Yeah. And I could sort of make ends meet, you know. Um, uh, for, for, but, but, you know, uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, when you're doing that, it's, you know, it's very difficult if you have. But I also couldn't turn stuff down. Right. I needed to work every weekend. So I was taking shitty gigs. Yeah. And part of doing shitty gigs is, you know, paying your dues. For sure. But when you're 10 years in and it's the same gig. And it's the same money. Ugh. You're just like, oh shit, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, that was part of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're going out, you're paying your dues. If you have a good day job or you have enough money to go, I can pick and choose where I'm going to play. At a point that becomes really good. Right. Because you can go, I don't want to do this shitty thing. I've done it before. You know, in the beginning, you don't really have a choice. You're going to go wherever people want you. Yeah. But once, you, if you have money or, you know, your wife has money or whatever you got, you know, <laughs> yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of guys that do that too, you know, yeah, yeah. the house husbands, I've seen that who are out doing shows and, you know, the wife's working. Yeah. Um, you know, you can turn stuff down and you can be a little choosier about stuff. I don't recommend you're choosy right when you start doing comedy because oh, you, no. you do need to pay your dues and you do have to have, get that experience. But there is a point where you can go, you know, I don't want to play there again. Yeah. And then there's a point where you're looking at your bills going, I fuck, I need to play there again. And that's when you're miserable because yeah. you're just doing it for the money. And yeah. I actually don't think there's, and, and this is the thing people have a problem with, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing something for the money. <laughs> oh, I yeah. really don't think there is. I think, look, somebody's, let's say, you, you want a house. You, you're going to have a guy build your house. Do you want the guy that's going to do it for free because he loves building houses? Or do you want the guy that's a professional and is doing it because he's getting paid? Yeah. What's a better house? Yeah. Probably the guy that's getting paid to do it. Probably. You know, so comics who are like, I don't need money, man. I'm going to do it for free. Dude, dude, it, you know that's a, even, that's a that's a nice, atti- in in a perfect world, that's a great attitude to have. But if you go, I'm a fucking, you know, I'm 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 a hitman. You're paying me two hundred bucks. I'm gonna come in and fucking rock your room, and I'm gonna <laughs> take this money and go home, and do something I want to do, fun with it, or pay my bills. Yeah. I think that's a 
yeah, I think you're going to get a better comic that way. Well, I, I think just making money off shows is yeah. is like a sense of accomplishment. It is. Like, oh, I am yeah. kind of okay. I, I can re- do this. Do you remember where you made your first money? Yeah. Yeah. I made $5 <laughs> at one of Stu McAllister's shows okay. in Grand Rapids. Good for Stu. Yeah. Spreading it around. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I think I made 10 bucks. On maybe my 10th show yeah. I ever did. You know, it was like an open mic and we split the door, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's probably, there might have been a hundred bucks. Or it might have been one of those things that was like a, you know, the price for the open mic was a hundred bucks. Right. Meaning, you know, you got a hundred bucks, the MC split it. Yeah. The MC might have kept half and split the other half, you know. Yeah. And that's a good thing too. And, and never let people tell you, I don't know what your deal is, you don't have to tell me at your thing, but... An MC for an open mic should get paid. Yeah. And guys appearing on the open mic should not expect to get paid. Yeah. And never let anybody give you shit for taking money for MC in a show because it's hard work. <laughs> and if you're a good MC, you're going to make that show good. And sometimes you're putting that show on your back and you're making, you're forcing it to be good because yeah. you're going to keep that audience there even when the guys suck. And why is that? Because you're running the light. And if a guy sucks and he's getting three minutes, you're making those decisions you deserve to get paid for that. Yeah. And I always hate that attitude of, you know, this guy made 50 bucks, man. What the fuck? He didn't pay us anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, a, a, a guy running an open mic shouldn't be making $300. No. <laughs> you know, that's unfair. Yeah. Especially if no one's paying cover. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's on a Wednesday. Then, yeah, but there's a fair price for an MC. But I, I hear that. I get that attitude from the comics a lot. Like, oh, why is this guy getting paid? We're not getting paid. What the fuck? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I mean, if you're charging five bucks at the door and you brought in 500 bucks, then you should expect to get paid. Yeah, no. Um, but, you know, look, if somebody's hustling and making money. But my open mic at Club Bar, you know, that I did for 10 years, it was 30 bucks. That was the beginning pay. Yeah. For five years, I did that show for 30 bucks. If I missed that show because I was on the road and I did miss it and I had somebody fill in, I gave them the 30 bucks. Yeah. After five years, the owner... Gave me a raise and paid me 40 bucks. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. So and I made my 40 bucks. And again, if somebody did it, they got the 40 bucks. Yeah. I, like, That's I, fair. I get paid to do my show. Good. And, uh, when, like, all of Zach or Brett helped me yeah. out and I pay them. Sure. But I think that's fair. I'm not splitting that money between right. all the open markets. Yeah. You know? I mean, Jason gave me $2 to do that storytelling thing the other night. And yeah. I'm like, I don't even know how you made $2, but I guess I'll take it. I'm not going to turn it down. Uh, he said that he had a really good set. Who did? Jason. Jason had a good set? No, that you did. Oh, I don't. I wouldn't say that, but I'm glad <laughs> he enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I did that show with probably 102 degree fever, Jesus. having not written really anything until about two hours before the show. Yeah. And yeah, it's a story I knew, uh-huh. and it's something that happened to me, but I was not happy with it. Yeah. You know, but again, that's my own threshold. I'd never done storytelling, and yeah. I had this threshold where I wanted it to be something that maybe it wasn't. I think part of that was for me as my instinct as a comic is if I'm not hearing laughs, I'm bombing. Yeah. And at storytelling, they're not laughing every minute unless you're writing specific jokes. And I tried to write specific jokes, but I probably didn't write enough. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. I got invited to do another one that same night. So I think I'm going to have a a second crack at it, you know, which would be cool. Another storytelling show? Yeah. uh, Kyle Forsyth's thing, I think. Oh, yeah. He didn't give me... said come do it on this day or something the picture show i I guess i don't know i guess it's like you can put a slide up or that's what i've heard you have slides my 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 story could use slides i think i don't know 
I mean, I'll have them if you want some. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, I'll do it. You know, and I, and I, my attitude towards shows is that I'll do a show. Yeah. Uh, if my schedule permits it, and it doesn't, you know, I, I'm usually working Wednesday to Saturday, right. so those nights are out. Uh, so for you, the most but, part. But you're at the club Wednesdays. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm at the club cool. Wednesday to Saturday almost every week. So those nights are out for doing shows. So I'm not really doing paid shows. Right. If it fits my schedule and you have an open mic or something and you want me to do it, I'll try to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I probably did your show the first time at your invite. I don't think it was my idea yeah, to do yeah. it. Uh, but, you know, and yeah, the storytelling thing was something that Jason asked me to do. Yeah. So I, my attitude is I'll do anything you want if I can do it. And whatever it is, if it's stand prov or storytelling, I'll try to do it. Yeah. Well. Do you ever do Stamprov? Yeah. God, I fucking suck at that. I, I don't like Stamprov. <laughs> My attitude towards a comedy show, if you're going to employ comedians, and, and I think storytelling, I guess it's an issue I have with storytelling. If you're going to get comedians and you're going to put on a show that should be entertaining for people, why not let them do what they're good at? <laughs> you know, I've got an act that I've worked yeah. on for the better part of 20 years. It's really good. Let me do that show and people are going to like it. Yeah. If you're going to have me do storytelling. Look, if people are going to watch people do something they're not comfortable doing, there's an appeal there. Right. Uh, but, you know, uh, Louis C.K.'s playing Joe Louis Arena, Kevin Hart's playing stadiums. I've never seen a storytelling show outside of a venue that seats more than 50 people. Yeah. So that should tell you what people want to see. Uh, on some level. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and I did this, you know, 50 first joke show recently where you have to write new material right and you know your first joke of the year you get two minutes you know i wrote like eight jokes for two minutes i wrote a little set yeah i was happy you know after i did it i think i was happy with one joke as far as what the audience responded to yeah. so i wasn't happy with that either you know so i would have preferred to have done my act yeah. for two minutes yeah, of course there were more than a few guys that did their act and didn't do new oh, stuff. Shit. Yeah. So I felt Cheaters. like, well, yeah. And I'm like, I'm taking this seriously. I'm going to rise to this challenge. Yeah. And I had done that show a couple of years ago and wrote all new stuff and it crushed. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then I did it this time and I thought I was going to crush, yeah. which is your first mistake. I, yeah. I, like with the storytelling shit, like I don't, I'm not a storyteller. But yeah. But sometimes it's fun to try right. and, yeah, and yeah, do yeah. that, you know. And I have stories, and I tell them on my podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I have no issue with. I think they're good. Yeah. But when you have that audience sitting there staring at you, I feel an obligation to like let's get a laugh every thirty seconds. Dude, yeah. And I'm good at getting. I I've trained myself that I can get a laugh every thirty seconds yeah. if you're paying attention. But then when it's storytelling, I'm like, I don't fucking know. And I think there's people that are good at that. I think there's people that are really good storytellers that aren't good comics. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was examples, <laughs> there was examples of it the other night, you yeah. know, because uh, I've seen a few of these, even if I, it was the only one, that was the first one I performed at, but I'd seen a few with comics doing stories. Right. And it's like, oh, you're a great storyteller. I've seen your act. Keep with the storytelling. It's cool. <laughs> you know, do you, do you know Nate Armbruster? Yeah. He's got a, a podcast. Yeah. It's one crazy story. Yeah. Where which like I, I got to be on that sure and that was fun sure because you know you get to tell yeah. some story but then he like 
interjects. Yeah, he asks, you know. he's asking questions. Yeah. It's more conversational. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I'm good. And I think that's another thing, you know, podcasting. It's another skill. You know, being on the radio, being yeah. con- being funny and interesting in a conversational way. Because yeah. I always think that, you know, people, and I've had this, I think Corey and I, who does my podcast with me regularly, have had conflict about, you know, you're talking about something that's not funny. And I go, yeah, but it's interesting. And I always feel like for this format, if you're interesting and people are interested in what you're saying, they'll wait for a laugh. You know, that I have no problem with, you know, though. And I think I'm I think I'm funny in, a, in that way or I'll get to a point that's entertaining, but that's not the sole purpose of it. And I think storytelling is the same way. I just I'm not used to doing it that way. I'm not kind of comfortable doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like I hope that people are listening to like this episode and spe- specifically is like the Detroit comics. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I don't know. You're you're like the. The dude that runs the mic at the only club. Yeah. And, that's my juice. And that's really, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I didn't have that, no one would give a yeah. shit about me. Yeah, um, you get back to open micer status. Well, after but, that. but when I, when I ran that open mic at the bar, you know, that was the thing that I did. I was a gatekeeper there, mm-hmm. you know, and there's people that don't like you because you're the gatekeeper. Yeah. And just automatic. I don't like that guy, man. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, I had people whatever. like who had heard talk shit about my show before Oh yeah, because they hate the idea. Yeah, of yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Which is like, yeah. dude, just come and try it. And no, then, absolutely. Yeah, then see. I, I, I'd have no problem shitting on your show. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care if you're sitting here in my living yeah. room or not. I'd fucking tell you your show sucked. <laughs> I mean, but I like your show, and it, and it's different, and it's it's you're doing something good, and and I thought, you know, the storytelling thing, I thought was, you know, I thought was entertaining for one of those. Yeah. You know, I thought that the lineup and the people that went up were were pretty good. Yeah. For that, you know, not a lot of people saw it. It, it's the it's Trixies is I could tell you about Trixies, but <laughs> <laughs> it, as a guy who works at the Comedy Castle, I'll tell you about Trixies. Yeah, but, you know. I, I think it's it's weird too because like even I, I mean people who live in like the city, like the weirdo artsy guys, aren't gonna go out to Mark Ridley's. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I've had people who've been like after they see my show, like, wow, I've never seen stand up comedy before in real okay. life. Yeah, which is kind of cool to sure. expose people to, yeah. to to this weird it is yeah i mean or whatever it's it's way different live you know yeah. open mics are way different than what you're going to see on tv oh yeah you know mark ridley's is way different than what you're going to see on tv but i think in yeah. a good way yeah you know um yeah and, and you know alt rooms are a whole different can of worms too and but people like them you know i mean yeah. it, when they're good and you could you know do things that are bad but you know part of you know you trying to do the comedy castle at lj's isn't going to work. Yeah. So the fact that you're doing something different is great because it's it's a different venue and it's a different audience. It's a different night of the week. It's all, everything's different. So let's make the show different. So so many guys who treat their open mic like it's this we're going to be professionals here and it's like <laughs> nah, it doesn't work that way, man. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 different approaches to everything. And my the things that I talked about and the way I think to approach an open mic that's good it's something I learned by doing. Yeah. You know, I learned how to make it good. And sometimes, you know, like my Club Bart show is really fondly remembered by people who did it. But there were lots of nights where it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Same but with my show, man. it is fondly remembered because, oh, man, I remember people remember the good times. I remember bad times. Even people that come out that, that ever just watched it. Oh, man, that show was so fun to yeah. watch. 
Yeah, well, you walked out after a half hour. I remember when you were there. Oh, yeah, but it was really, that half hour was really fun. And then, Dude, but it, but even yeah. like looking back on some of the worst things, it's like, oh my God, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, so uh, every, sh- you know, you, it, comedy's not easy. It's never easy on any level. Yeah. There's challenges all the way through when you're starting, when you're headlining. There's a whole nother pressure to it. And, you know, just learning how to manage that is difficult you yeah know? so i'm talking i did storytelling i did you know 50 first jokes and it's like i i drove myself crazy doing those two shows <laughs> it was hard yeah. you know and then i did my first road gig you know in years recently because melissa hager invited me up there Sick. and you know the headliner was bill hildebrand who i already talked about yeah so i f- and bill was like i really want you to open for me dude that's right and i'm like all right i'll go you know i took a night off the comedy castle which you know ultimately probably cost me money because i would have probably yeah. made more to work at the club but i went out and i'm like oh man i gotta do at least 20 minutes and i haven't done that long of a set in a while and you know day of the show was writing out the set list trying to remember how all the jokes went and put yeah. them in an order which I hadn't done that long of a set, and I was driving myself crazy there. It went really well. So, do do you still write like regularly? Uh, or, I mean, because you're not really performing that regularly. You huh? know, yeah, it, that it's definitely slowed down. Yeah, uh, it's definitely slowed down. But I think when I write now, my batting average as far as whether it's going to be good or not is better. I think you know, like that fifty first jokes. Right. I got one joke that I can do in the act. You know, I did that, and then I did that road gig in Frankenmuth, and I used one of the one joke that I like there, and it did really well. Yeah, I was like, okay. And then I wrote a joke about Frankenmuth that I told while I was up there. Yeah, yeah, it was like a local joke, which I'll never be able to do anywhere else. But I wrote that, and that went well. Yeah. Okay, this is good. You know, and then I find a scrap of paper in my pocket. You know, oh, fuck, I wrote this the other day. So I, I don't sit down and write. I never really did. A lot of it was written, you know, in the back of the room while I was the other guys were on stage or, you know, whatever. Yeah, everyone's got a different writing process. That's a that's something, you know, that's something you got to just figure out. I can't teach that. And uh, And I think when I was working, and I do think it's good advice, although people will tell you it's bad, is, you know, to do the same set. Right. You know, have that set that you know is going to be good when you're playing those big clubs, when you're playing for money, when yeah. people are oh, paying yeah. you. Don't go like, hey, this is time to do new stuff. You know, so when you stop doing mics and you're just doing paid gigs, it can get stale, quote unquote, right. because, you know, you're doing that stuff that you know is going to work. Because if, if you don't, do stuff that you know is going to work and it doesn't work, they may not ask you back because you didn't do well right. or you offended somebody or something. See, so uh, you do the tried and true and, and it works, you stick with it. I start with that and I'm always trying to sprinkle in in yeah. the middle like yeah. some new little piece. Yeah, and you can and do then, that You can do then, that at the mic. Yeah, and try to end yeah. strong. Yeah, and that's why when I was doing open mic, that's when I would do the new stuff. Yeah, I'm hosting open mic here is I'd write, you know, three or four jokes oh, every yeah. week try yeah. these if they were good i'd try them in the act dude know? trixie's and atwater is like where i'm gonna try okay. something that i've never said before cool. yeah yeah but then you see when i then when i go out with my students i'm not doing the new stuff For either because sure. yeah. i'm trying to set a good example okay here's the tried <laughs> and true jokes yeah. but also my writing is something that i think has always been my goal and it's advice i give to people is do jokes that aren't gonna get old yeah. Too, you know, don't do topical jokes because they're going to sound old when people forget the news story, you know, yeah. or the president is different, you know. So when I when I was doing that uh, one nighter and I, I printed out some old sets on the computer and it was like Michael Jackson jokes 
And I was, you know, I was doing, I joked about Anna Nicole Smith that I did, was doing in 2004. And I'm like, well, she's been dead for a decade. I can't really tell she's that dead? joke now. You know, Anna Nicole Smith is oh, dead. I don't remember that. Yeah, she OD'd. Oh. Yeah. Right memorable career. Uh, but I, do you want to hear my Anna Nicole Smith joke? Sure. Fuck okay, it. Okay, so she had a joke. I'm going to give you the setup or the background because if you don't, you don't even know that she's dead. She had a joke. She had a show called The Anna Nicole Smith Show. It was a reality show. They followed her around. And my joke was, and I've given away the punch a little bit, but I would say, I love TV. The other day, I, and she was also a very pretty woman who got heavy. So everyone knew that about her. And I said, you know, I, the other night I was watching this documentary about a whale. It was called The Anna Nicole Smith Jesus. Show. It crushed. Yeah. Killer joke. No one would even get that joke today. Yeah. You know, but it was, you know. Well, you just replace the fucking. I, I could lady. replace Anna Nicole Smith with some other fat celebrity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is a dicky thing. But, yeah. you know, I also uh, kind of don't do the pop culture stuff because I feel like that was a 20 year old guy who had nothing uh, to relate in the world to. Yeah. And you see that so much with young guys. Yeah. And, and that's why a lot of young guys have a hard time doing the clubs where everybody's married because they're just, you know, right. it's jokes about the Taco Bell drive through and getting stoned uh-huh. and Tinder. And you're like, yeah, this is all grown-ups. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like, I'm sick of hearing about Tinder yeah. and uh, online date. Oh, that's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, fuck, porn. Porn, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I know. I have some porn stuff, but it's not typical. You know, it's different. Yeah. it's You know, again, I think you know what the Tinder jokes are going to be. You know what the porn jokes are going to be. Just yeah. make them different. Yeah. You know, there is no topic that gets worn out, unless everybody has the same joke on it. Right, you know? right, right. The Bernstein advantage. Why is that guy's eye going sideways? What the fuck? They're in a picture. Tell the, you know, like it's the same joke. You know, everybody can write the same joke about the same thing. Yeah. You know, that's parallel development. That's not oh, stealing. Yeah. That's just, I had a funny observation about, you know, it's pizza day at Planet Fitness. What the fuck? And then that's I've the joke I've heard a few of those since, yeah. since the New Year's because, you know, <laughs> everyone, people make that resolution. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they, they hit the advertising card. Yeah. I go to Planet Fitness. <laughs> I never go on pizza night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so do you think you make it as a comic living in Detroit? Well, I think Detroit <laughs> has historically been a really good place to work uh, and, and get good at it mm-hmm. because of the number of shows. Right. And because of places like Comedy Castle, that's, you know, that's an A room. Mm-hmm. You know, Comedy Castle is as good as any club in the country. So if you can do well there, you can do well anywhere. And some cities just don't have that. Right. And it's also just big enough where it's easy. Uh, people are going to hate me for saying it's easy to get on the A rooms. But it is compared to play. I mean, you talked about the Laugh Factory in Chicago. You do their open mic. There's probably 30 guys and nobody's watching. You do Comedy Castle. Ridley's watching you on tape. Usually sometimes he's there. I'm watching you. You're getting feedback. Dude. You're getting good. You're getting noticed. You're coming back. There's this. uh, Um, And and so that's why Detroit, I think, is a good place to get good at. It's not a good place to get famous from. You pretty much have to leave to get famous. I never left. Therefore, not famous. You know, but still time. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. The, there's this Facebook group that's for like comedians that are coming to Chicago. Okay. Which is hilarious <laughs> because I feel like like I've posted on like basically the whole thing is like you're supposed to post like, Hey, I'm gonna be in Chicago these dates. Yeah. Here's a clip, here's a little bit about me. Okay. Book me. Yeah. And it just feels like you do that and everyone's like I don't care. No one cares? Yeah. And then if the people that do book you, it's probably like a shithole anyway. Yeah. It's like the open mic that anyone can get on. Yeah, but I, I just feel like it's, 
it's got to be so hard to start out in like I'd say Chicago, New, yeah. New York, or LA. I think so. Yeah. Oh my god. I think so. I mean, what I know, especially like from LA, the people that tell me that go out there and do it, mm-hmm. is that the com- the, the comedy is better here. You know, yeah. on average, the comics are better here because there's all the wannabe actors and the models and stuff thinking they're right. funny, thinking oh. it's a shortcut to success. I'm going to do the comedy store and I'm going to get famous. Um, but yeah, I mean, people do that. I mean, there were two girls from Chicago here recently that did that storytelling thing right. with me and then right. they went over to DCU yeah. and I went over there and I was talking, oh, you came to Detroit to do some shows? Oh, yeah, yeah. What'd you do? And they're telling me, I'm like, oh. You know, just next time you come to town, we're going to put you on a comedy castle. Sick. Because it was like you did shows where no one's at. Right. You know, and I feel like, boy, that's not, I mean, that is part of the Detroit comedy scene, but there's also better places for you to go and the people that you talked to and that yeah. booked you didn't book you in the A rooms or, you know, whatever. There's a, you learn, you know, you sometimes you, for them, if they went and met me, and now have a connection to that club, yeah. then it was worth them going out. Oh, for sure. Because now they're like, oh, yeah, you met me. I can put you on a comedy castle. The next time you come back, you do comedy castle. Oh, shit, Mr. Ridley likes you. Now you're getting booked. Yeah. Potentially. Ugh, it could yeah. happen. So, so for them, at least you went. And so for a, a new comic to go to New York or L.A. or Chicago, that thing could happen. That's kind of the dream, right? You yeah. go out and somebody sees you. And goes, oh, you're good. Come back and do this. Dude, I, I was there. Doesn't happen much. <laughs> no. I, I, I was at the store in uh, December. Okay. And like uh, I saw a store in the, or a show in the main room. Yeah. And it was like so good, so good, so good. Yeah. And then it just turned turned into a marathon show. And yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And it got to the point where there's like four people left in the room. Like, <laughs> me and my girl were like, you know. Were, were, were the guys good at a point or did oh they put all God. the good guys, they put good all guys the early? Good guys early. Yeah, so they know I, what they're doing. Yeah. They know course. they're going to, people are going to leave. But it blew my mind. Like one dude gets up on stage and he just has zero jokes. Yeah. Like nothing. Yeah. Like nothing. Uh-huh. And it was like, wow. Like, yeah. You, yeah. You suck. <laughs> well, you know, you. the good thing about open mics in smaller rooms is when you have those places to get good. Yeah. You know, people won't see you. So in the way that when I talked about, well, there's no industry at the open mics, that's a good thing in the sense is that people aren't seeing you until you're good. And if I see, you know, when I see guys, but it's funny, I I say that I'm also as being in a position of being able to, to get people on shows or whatever. I know if I see you at New Way and you don't have a good set. I will not hold that against you. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty fair that way. Because uh-huh. I think someone could walk into New Way and go, oh my God, that guy sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'll listen. I'll try to listen. I can't listen. Every, but if I hear that somebody's got a little something and I bring him into Comedy Castle, I mean, I won't hold that against you that you ate shit at yeah. a bad show. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think that's fair. But yeah, if you're at the Comedy Store, I don't know that there's any guarantee that that's the case. Yeah. And you're doing this thing. Oh, fuck, I can never have that guy back. Yeah. He was terrible. Dude, it was funny. Uh, Chris D'Elia was on that show. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't really like that his stuff until yeah. I saw him live, yeah. which I saw him live for the first time a couple of years ago. But he was on this show and there were so many young, attractive girls <laughs> to see him. <laughs> there is fans. And then they all left. Like, oh, okay. After. It was so yeah. weird. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him do that Funny or Die tour. Yeah. You know, he was in the middle of the show and the girls went wild for Chris D'Elia. Yeah. Here's this handsome dude. I'd love to be that handsome guy. 
I couldn't have my same act, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get by on your act, but you know, if you can. Yeah. Your act doesn't get you laid. That's another thing you learn. <laughs> like the guys that get into comedy, like thinking if they're really good at comedy, they're going to get laid or get really disappointed. Who the fuck thinks that? There's guys that do. Uh. And look, I've have I gotten laid after shows and with, you know, meeting girls at open mic stuff? Yeah. But if you're a guy that can get laid and you're not doing comedy, if you go do comedy, you will continue to get laid. Yeah. If you're a guy who's not getting laid doing comedy, you're going to continue to not get <laughs> laid. You know, it, it is a thing that it can work for you because yeah. if people see you be funny and you're in your element. Um, Dude, yeah, Jason Brent is great at comedy, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Jason Brent could be knee deep in pussy right now, and we're sitting on my couch talking into microphones. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason's got his head in one girl snatch, and he's fucking another one. And maybe there's a guy fucking him in the ass from behind, yeah, and that whatever. sounds like a great fucking time. I don't know that it's true. He played guitar at that show. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, I haven't heard him play. Dropping panties. Yeah, with that thing. I don't know. That's how you get laid is playing music. You play music? I used to. Yeah, see? Did that work? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> do you, let me ask you this about music. Do you have to be good at that music to get laid or can you just be... Because I think for comedy, yeah, a good-looking guy who's not funny is still going to get laid yeah. better than like the fat guy who's good i don't know i, th I thought we were pretty good okay yeah mm -hmm. i was a bass player though oh, so the like, bass player you're like the last guy that they want to fight. i guess I don't you're, the, know. you're like the mc but it was also like a fucking metal band and <laughs> there's not a lot of women going yeah metal shows that. don't get that no. you gotta have a it, it's a lot of like dudes that look like women from behind oh, yeah like yeah. tight pants and long ass hair <laughs> If you had to start a band to get laid, what kind of band would it be? Funk, probably. Oh, yeah? Right? 80, I mean, 80s cover band. You'd probably be fucking knee-deep in pussy yeah. doing an 80s cover band. In 80s Well, but even now. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's what girls like, right? I don't fucking know. I don't know. If I knew what girls like. <laughs> yeah. You should ask your date tonight. Yeah. We'll see. But you know what? Here's the thing about me, too, is I lost a lot of weight in the last year. I mean, you, you probably knew even I was heavy, right? Yeah. I was lost 80 pounds. So that helps. Yeah, that uh, you know, you know. I mean, if I got laid when I was two forty, I was a miracle. Damn, I should be thanking those girls every day. Yeah, thank you for throwing me one. God damn it, I was a mess. <laughs> Looking back at pictures, now I look halfway decent. So that doesn't hurt. Yeah, but I also can't. There's fat jokes I can't do anymore. Oh, get fat again, man, and then you can do. Bring <laughs> yeah, back I'd rather jokes. be. I'd rather be better looking and drop a couple of fat yeah, jokes. Yeah. I actually still do the fat jokes, but I, I sort of preface it about how I, you know. I, I do a joke about now how I lost weight, too, which is pretty good. Yeah. So that, that helps. It gets a little applause break when you say you lost weight. <laughs> oh, you, you get an applause break. Yeah, I know. I get a cheap applause you break that I'm not yeah. supposed to get. But then the joke is really good. I'm not going to do it now. You yeah. have to come to the show. But yeah, I, I, you know, so I think looking better. Yeah, yeah again, good looking comics get laid. Yeah. You know, there's guys who, you know. And like if you're a star, that's another thing that'll get you laid. You know, you're on TV, you're going to get laid. So Chris D'Elia has all that going for him. Yeah. TV show, good looking guy. Goofy, Not the funniest guy in the world, but goofy good enough. Yeah, guy's going to get laid. You know, and, and some guys will have two of those things or, you know, one of those things and it'll work for him. But yeah, it's uh, that's a whole nother thing, man. That's a whole nother thing in comedy, <laughs> man. Yeah. I mean, girls, and I don't know how girls do comedy and fucking deal with all the creeps. Yeah. I mean, god damn it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's it's 
I've been in a relationship since I started stand up, which yeah. is I think a really good That's good. good thing. Did she she know you before you did stand up yeah. then? Yeah. yeah, and she stuck with you. Yeah. Cuz most of the times when I see guys doing that, it it comedy can drive a wedge there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cuz you're gone every night and they get jealous or, yeah. you know, th- you, you invite them to the show, but then there's a point where they don't want to come to the show because they're bored being there. Yeah. And I yeah. don't, I don't want my girl to come to every show. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. That. yeah, that's tough. I mean, I see whenever I see like a married guy with kids and he starts doing comedy and he's good at it. I always go, man, <laughs> look out. Yeah. Cause it, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that you're going to fuck around with a waitress yeah. or somebody from the show, but that I see that a lot. Right. You know, they get that opportunity and go, fuck, I can get laid now. I'm a star. Yeah. Let's go. Hey man, I'm in, I'm in uh, Pinconning, Michigan and you know, I've got a hotel room. I'm three hours from home. Yeah. Why not? But you know, sometimes that catches up with you or yeah, it just, sure. it's a thing, you know? Um, no, well, that's good though. I'm glad that she's sticking with you. Yeah, me too. That's nice. <laughs> that's a good thing. But you know, when you but but again, and the opposite of that is when you are a comic, people know that from the get go. You know, you have a first date, and you're like, yeah, "I'm a comic." Okay, then it's not unusual for you to be going. You know, for yeah. you to be going out, and then it works a lot better. Yeah, totally. But so I see guys where that happens. You know, their marriage ends, whatever. Girlfriend leaves them, but then the next one knows what to expect, yeah. and that's part of the deal. It's just such a hard life to adjust to, you know. Yeah. And for me, getting dates is like, well, you know, I work every Wednesday to Saturday night, so you cool uh, going out on Sundays? Because we'll do that. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm got a date tonight. It's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely a different lifestyle. Yeah, and, and you know that makes it challenging too. You know, yeah, they can come to the show, but that gets old. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. Come, come with me. You know, we'll go on the road. You know, I used to take, I used to take my girlfriends to you know Cadillac, Michigan. We got a we got a hotel room. Let's go to Cadillac. Uh, we, you know, we went to Belding, Michigan. Okay, like a couple weeks ago for yeah. a show. Yeah, but that I mean that was fun for us. Yeah, well, it's but, a fun you know yeah. little road trip. But then you know you want to travel? Let's go free hotel room. And it's like okay, yeah. does the hotel have a pool? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then Is you get there, dirty? it's like a shithole. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, okay, sorry for bringing you to a shithole. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, I mean, that's what the road is. You know, the road isn't New York and LA. Yeah. It's fucking little towns in Indiana. You're in Shipshawana trying to have a good time. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> in the winter. And you're like, Fuck. holy shit. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> you know and then yeah so that's 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 a tough thing relationships are very hard to maintain in show business yeah and as much of show business as this is yeah right whatever it is if girls like the podcast that's good too yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my podcast has helped me in that way yeah <laughs> you bring them on that's that's the move <laughs> if you bring them on I, you're, you're in a relationship but if one day you're not bring them on the podcast it's perfect yeah I would do it at my house. Uh, you, See, I, no, no girl will ever come on my podcast. But, you, you, <laughs> and I don't just invite girls to have sex with them on the podcast, but it's happened that it does. While you're still recording? No, not while I'm still recording. <laughs> you, you know Shane Dials, right? Yeah. He, uh, he has like one fan, which is sick. That like hits him up all the time. He's like, "Oh, what, what are you doing?" Oh, a girl show? like Shane from his show. Yeah, and I was like, "Dude, you need to do a, let's do a podcast with her." <laughs> but he doesn't want to do it. I should do a podcast with her, and I can take her off his hands. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Fuck it. I have met Shane's wife. She's a nice lady. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I'm funnier than Shane. I'll go right on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Shane's good. Shane did my class. He's funny. Yeah, I like Shane. Yeah, he's good. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean that. That's that's a thing that can help. Yeah. I mean, I I I mean, I, there is a point where everybody's got a podcast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and for then sure. you're not cool for having the podcast, but when yeah, you have, no. you know, if I bring a woman over and they see my equipment that's not a cheap pun but you know what i mean when they go oh shit you got all this yeah i record this here's my website man look at this yeah oh cool who listens to this all these guys nobody here's fan <laughs> yeah. mail from well you know i got started so early in podcasting i had fans all over the world yeah you know itunes didn't have podcasts when podcasts were first around yeah, yeah. and then one day they added them and i literally got fan mail from literally every continent on, on in the world australia japan uh, there's a guy uh, still a f- fan uh, from Germany. There's a guy that lives in Yellowknife, Canada, that still listens to all the shows. And he's actually, when he's been in America for business, he's come to my stand-up shows because he's a big fan. And then we had this guy Nils from Germany, and we did, I think it was our one-year anniversary show. We did a live event. So this is 2006. Motherfucker flew over here. Holy shit! To come see it. Didn't tell us. Jesus. Just fucking showed up. That's We're like, nuts. what are you doing? I, I am Niels from Germany. I, 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 I send you email. I came to show. What the fuck are you yeah. doing here? It was an honor. You know, now there's a million shows and it's like famous yeah. guys doing them. So it's harder to get noticed. But yeah. yeah, that was a thing that happened back early in the early days of podcasting. Dude, you know? When I started this, like it was all because like me and my girl lived in Arizona and then we yeah. bought a travel trailer and we just traveled. Okay. And so we're documenting the, oh, the thing. That's and awesome. Talk, yeah. Talking to artists, comedians. Mm-hmm and stuff but it got like the most listens we've had in one episode was like close to 2000 okay which, that's not bad no yeah not at all but we could we could look at the stats and mm-hmm. there's like people we have from yeah. like the netherlands yeah. like yeah all over yeah i mean you never really know weird. who actually listens For to sure. those things yeah. and now you have things like stitcher where they're not even actually downloading the show from your site I yeah. think because they cash it at some point. Mm. So you have to get their stats. So it's kind of become a little bit of a, when people say how many people listen, I always say like a thousand and that's just yeah. means on average after it's been on the site for six months and people, have done, I don't know. I don't care. I don't do yeah. it for money. I don't do it. I don't have sponsors. Well, me neither. And I just enjoy doing it. Yeah. I, so, I, I more so do it just for this. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and also that's cool too. just to like, I don't know, document all this shit. Yeah. Yeah, one so day die, your kids will have uh, <laughs> a document of you listening. And, yeah, well, you know. once my you know SoundCloud goes out of date and then <laughs> everything's erased <laughs> forever. I have all my shows on a hard drive. Really? I think. Well, they're all on my server. You know, I pay for a website okay, yeah. and they're all up there so I could get them all back if I, yeah, yeah. even if I lost the hard drive, they'd all be up there and stuff. And maybe, you know, hey, here's me trying to get laid. Listen to this one. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. I did something with her. You know, um, it's, it is an interesting, to listen back to an old show is a trip. Yeah. It really is. Shit, I, I mean, your that. voice is different, but yeah. you don't realize your voice changes over the years yeah. when you listen to something from 10 years ago and your voice is different dude yeah fuck yeah it's, it's crazy podcasting yeah. yeah well there would be an archive of everybody and what they were doing and what time and how did we react to this news event and it's all out there yeah and then some people do podcasts and they do them three times and they go fuck this shit yeah <laughs> I'm at like, I think this is 50 something. Okay. Which is. That's a good number. Yeah, that's okay. How frequently does it come out? I I try and do it weekly. Okay. But over the holidays, it 
Yeah. I didn't do shit because yeah. I was visiting family yeah. and everything. Yeah. Mine is every other week at this point. Yeah. And uh, it used to be weekly. Yeah. But I also, because, you know, we didn't, there weren't even like iPods and stuff. Back, I guess there were iPods. But people didn't have, you know, just stream it. You couldn't yeah. really do that. So it used to be the length of a CD. We would uh-huh. stop taping. We'd go, all right, 80 minutes, let's stop. Yeah. So people got to burn this to a CD. And people were burning it to a CD to listen to it in their Dude, cars. that's insane. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So we were, we were trying to do it at least once a week, but only 80 minutes. Yeah. Now, if I want to do three hours, I'll do three hours, and it just comes out. when. It, so it's still the same amount of show. Yeah. It's just less frequent. Yeah. But I can do more things and not have to worry about, you know. I think it makes for a harder listen. In a way, you're asking more of your audience to listen to a long show. Yeah, but so I, it just depends. I don't know. Yeah, I, but I, I like. I mean, maybe that's just the way that I consume podcasts. Is I like the longer ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I just get go that. so deep, and it's yeah. like a, you just had like a, you right. were in a conversation. Yeah, and I would do it more frequently if I was getting paid. I'll be completely oh, honest about that. Yeah. If I was Mark Marin and I was making what he was making oh on sponsors, God. I'd be doing two shows a week, no problem. Yeah, that was that's the dream that's to make it a job. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fucking great. I mean, then it just because that's why for me, there's no rush to do terrestrial radio. Right. Because I fuck if you had a successful podcast, you'd probably make way more money with that yeah. than being on terrestrial radio. And then, you know, the radio show that I do now, I don't get paid to sit in once a week, you know, with Mike Bonner, right. even though it's on a real radio station, you know, 9, 10 a.m. Um, but, you know, I also go like, I don't think I'd want to be the host of that every day either. Yeah. Depends how much money, you know, I yeah. would need to get paid. I wouldn't, yeah. You know, you'd need to go, yeah, you're going to make this much money that I can actually live on yeah. to do it. I'm not going to do it just for the exposure. Right. I, I figured, you know, and people have said to, to me over the years, you know, guys, who, like small town radio station would be like, well, look, we're going to just take your show and, and just play it. Is that cool with you? I'm like, no. Are you going to pay me? No. Well, I don't want you playing it. Yeah. Because I always, I have the line of, I already figured out how to not make money with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exposure. Yeah. But it's also exploitive. Yeah. There's a fine line. You're making money that. on it. Yeah. You know, or these guys that have networks. There's a couple of these now in Detroit where you go and you do the show there. There's like the Echo Network. There's oh, Podcast Detroit. Yeah. And then they distribute it and you're in their feed and all that Dude, stuff. Dude, but like you just, it's so much simpler. Yeah. To cheaper just, to, ooh, just with this fucking But people thing. think it's going to get them exposure. Yeah. Gonna listen. And, I, and I've done some of those and they're like, uh, you know, hey, can, you know, we'll just take your show. You don't have to come in here. You just do it at your house and we'll put it on our thing. And I, nah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need your exposure maybe i do and i don't know it and maybe it'd be a good thing but i feel like you know i own my content i control it Uh, that's enough for me you know i mean if you're gonna pay me let's talk send me an email (laughs) let's (laughs) do it let's get paid for this but if if you're not that's okay yeah you know i I can make money doing other things and this would be gravy it'd be a good job i think yeah you know you know if it's something you're good at you should get paid for it Agreed. Eventually. Yeah. If you're good at something, don't get, what's that saying? Don't give it away for free. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Because I've talked to, you know, Bill Hildebrandt, you know, my mentor, I'd go like, how come you're not doing open mic? You know, you're sitting there watching, I didn't give you a set. And he's like, I'm not giving this shit away for free. <laughs> yeah. Make them pay to see it. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Open mic's different though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. It was fun, man. 
Thanks yeah, for having me on. Of course. Did um, we set the record for world's longest dude, podcast? I don't know. Close. Might have. It was fun, though. It flew yeah, by. It was close to like three hours, I think. <laughs> All right. Fuck it. Well, cut it up, Bruce. I don't know. Split it into two shows. <laughs> what is the plan for this? Uh, I'm just going to put it all into one. All right. Well, yeah. sounds good. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, it was fun being out with you, Bart. Thanks again, man. You're a swell dude. I like you. <laughs> I like it, too. <laughs>